0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track, over his head and over the wall you believe
3: that? And 29 other MLB clubs.
2: Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, gone! Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a Judgy in blast. All rise, here comes the Judge.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from humidors to spin rates, to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on Ace Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: So it was an 11-person competition committee, and part of it was players. But in this committee, what they were able to do was to change some things in our game that is going to dramatically affect how the game is played on the field. And it's going to address a lot of things that have been a problem. Baseball over time, and we just celebrated the 0-2 team. And the O team was great, and it was magical, and baseball was new, and all these things were going on. And how cool was it? Thinking outside the box, as they like to say in Silicon Valley back in the day which now people hate that. But, yeah, they were thinking outside the box. We don't have the money. We've got to figure out how to compete when we're not going to be able to spend all this money on free agency. How do we compete? And then next thing you know, technologies come into our game. New technologies come into our game. And over time, innovations were good. And they were good for players. And the way we train our players and make our players better how they eat, how they work out, how they take care of themselves, how we train them. A lot of good things happen. But then over time we started to realize our game may not be changing for the best. Our game might not be changing for the best from an entertainment standpoint. Maybe for individual teams it was good. But for the entertainment of our game – The launch angle revolution, the strikeout revolution, home runs up, strikeouts up, time of games up, getting to a point to where the average game now over three hours, ball not being put into play five, six, eight minutes at a time. The three true outcomes up every single year. Shifts in baseball. Batting average down. A fight between traditionalist and the new Wave fan. And the new Wave fan, I'm going to be honest with you, was a jerk and has been a jerk. There's a lot of ways to enjoy our game. However you want to enjoy it. Most of you, you want to show up. You want to watch the game, you want to have a sausage, you want to have a beer, you want to have some pizza, you want to have a hot dog, you want to have popcorn, your kids want to run around, you want to come up to the treehouse for a cocktail, you want to be outside, you want to enjoy baseball, that's the fun of it. That's the majority of people. But then came this new fan that wanted to browbeat you that batting average doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, and you guys are idiots for thinking about it and believing that. And they browbeat you really for the past 20 years over it. Well, these rule changes are going to change so much of that. Because the reason they wanted to tell you batting average didn't matter is because batting average was going down. Because they wanted what? They wanted home runs. It's a home run revolution. It became walks and home runs. And unfortunately, what came with walks and home runs was strikeouts. Less balls put into play. I'll give you just an example, Cody. Back in 1980, so I'm 8 years old. I love baseball. 80%, 87% of the time the ball was put into play. It's pretty good. 87%. So, ball leaves pitcher's hand, ball's going to be put into play. Today it's 67%. 20% difference in the amount of action that's in the game. I have kids. I can't get my teenagers, my teenagers, to watch a game with me. I can get them to watch a couple innings, but it's boring. And I can really say that now. I've hated today's baseball. I've been in this business for over 30 years. I grew up in a baseball family. My family's a part of baseball history. I've said it. My grandfather was the most valuable player in the National League in 1947, the first ever MVP third baseman was my grandfather, Bob Elliott. My grand—my grandfather was on the Wheaties box. I grew up in baseball. I played baseball. I played college baseball. Baseball paid for my education. I live and breathe this sport, and lately I've hated it. And you told me, certain people, that I was dumb for believing what I believed in. And really what we've realized is that baseball, from the aspect of making it entertaining again, because we're the entertainment business, is we had to regulate against you people the last 20 years that have changed our games. Yes, front offices, you did what was best for you. I'm not going to hate you for it, but in the end, you made our game less fun. And in the meantime, because you made it less entertaining, made it less fun, NBA and NFL passed you. That's facts. And every single time I look up after a World Series and every single time I look up after an All-Star game, I hear about record low television ratings. That's all I hear. All I hear is bad news. And you, front office people, you didn't care that the game was three and a half hours. I don't blame you. Your job is to win games. Your job is not about the entertainment. But the problem is we now have to make rules against you. Because you're hurting our game. As much as you thought you were being smarter, you were hurting our game. We've got to speed it up. We've got to put balls in play. We've got to make it more entertaining. So what's the pitch clock going to do? Well, it's going to make guys get on the mound and throw the ball. And what have we seen now that we've implemented this in professional baseball In the minor leagues, still, we're talking about the best pitchers in the world. They may not be here in the big leagues, but they're in the minor leagues. They're still the best of the best. What have we seen? We've seen less strikeouts, we've seen less walks, and we've seen number one, faster games.
4: You want the averages real quick? Love it. Triple A, two hours 43 minutes. Double A, two hours 40 minutes. High A, two hours 34 minutes lowway two hours 36 minutes now major League baseball average three hours four minutes Down from 310 last year.
0: so basically you're taking 25 minutes away and what what, what what happens and bothers me is I've heard people say well I don't want I don't want my game to be shorter less action look at last dive bars in the house my man Brian last dive bar let's go tree, tree has look at all the prizes he has
4: for you look at his pants.
0: I mean, come on. Oh, it's uh, Fabulous Friday. So yeah. It's Fabulous Friday. So, so th- these are –
4: Those are MC Hammer fans. That's what MC Hammer
0: – he would wear black, but he's got them in the gold. That's looking sweet. Doesn't move quite like MC, no. but uh, <laughs> he's bringing gifts, and that's all that matters. Welcome to the party, my friend. That's what you get here with the treehouse. Now, people have, people have this belief, and this is where you have to be open-minded. You believe – I've heard this – I've heard this from our buddy, Rightfield Will. I've heard this from Amelia Schimmel. I don't want less baseball. Folks, we're not giving you less baseball. The amount of time, the difference, the action doesn't change. This is where you are all very smart smart people, and you need to understand this. We're still playing nine innings.
4: There's three. There's still three outs per in, uh, half inning. Which is how many outs? 27.
0: That's at Pennsylvania, yeah. California. 54
4: You're, total if you add up both sides.
0: So... We're not, we're, not, we're not taking away your outs. We're not taking away your innings. We're taking away dead time. This is less standing around, more action. You have to understand that. We're still playing nine innings, 27 outs. That doesn't change. It's the dead time is gone. And where this is going to dramatically affect teams, well, it's going it's, it's to change – Stolen bases are coming back into vogue in the minor leagues because of you can only throw over twice. You can't hold the ball as a pitcher forever. Stolen bases and athleticism is coming back. Great for the game.
4: Mets have a guy with 70 steals in low A. The way you
0: build your team defensively and with athletes, you're going to, you know, these, these 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 teams that rely on home runs and walks, you're going to have to rethink that. So if you're like the Giants, you're the Yankees, the way certain teams are built, you got to rethink that. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, seriously, batting average. We'll get to that with the shifts, uh, but we're talking about the pitch clock now, where you're gonna see the biggest difference is inning seven, eight, nine. Fifty of the slowest workers in baseball, guys that hold the ball and don't deliver the ball at a fast pace. Forty-seven of the fifty are relievers, and they're late inning guys. We're so used to the late innings coming to a screeching halt, and we've accepted that. That's no longer. So I'm going to sit on the mound. I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down, and I'm going to throw it, and then I'm going to get it back, and I'm going to wait, 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 and then I'm going to huff and puff and throw it. Those days are over. you got to get on the mound, or you're going to get charged with a ball. you got to deliver it. So probably the pitch clock, the biggest change, I think the second biggest will be in starters and how far starters go, which, oh, my God, Cody, will affect how guys actually factor in games with wins and losses. Wins might matter again. Uh, The last part of the games are not going to slow down. They will keep that pace. And how relievers are taking so much time, they won't be able to do it and that means at the end of the game, with those hundred and this guy throws hundred and three miles an hour, we're going to see velocity come down, strikeouts come down, and pace increase.
4: If you look at the, and you brought up the forty-seven of the fifty guys in pitch tempo or the slowest are relievers. Kenley Jansen is the slowest at twenty-six point one seconds per pitch. Can twenty-six, you that? where Cole Irvin is the fastest starting pitcher at fourteen point one. So he's right at the pitch clock. What is it, 15 seconds? So he's under the pitch clock. He told me before, his goal now when the pitch clock comes in, this is before it happened, that he wants to get a game in under two hours. I think it could happen. If you have him and a fast worker like a, a Sil Seth from the Angels, someone that the pitch is fast, not someone that starts games or the pitch is game slow. Uh have two guys in the top 50. It's Sam Maul, and there was one other now. Come I'm
0: on, playing. Sam. Get on the mouth of the damn ball. Uh, there was one
4: other person. I'm, now I'm drawing a huge blank on who it was. Ray and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of closers that are. Zach real, Jackson. Um, Danny
5: Jimenez. No, nope, nope.
4: Acevedo. Acevedo. Those are two, two of the slowest guys. Were the, uh, those? Okay, let's A's.
0: do this. Everybody ready, right? All right, everybody ready? Quiet on the set. Well, they don't care. All right, ready? We'll do it live. Ready? We're going to do it live. I've thrown the – now, does it does – it, when does the time – I don't even know. When does the timer I think start? It's,
4: I think when the pitcher gets the ball back.
0: All right. I am Kenley Jansen. I've just got the ball. Everybody be quiet. You ready? Go. Oh, my God. How uncomfortable is that?
4: Uh, well, as being former radio guys, I mean, the dead air for two seconds is death. I mean, so. how
0: uncomfortable is that? That's how long it takes Kenley Jansen to throw one pitch. One pitch. Now, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitter, it's not a big deal. If you're listening on AceCast, you have to think, "What the hell happened to these guys?"
4: Yeah, i How that, long was that? I'm sorry I didn't get a message. I'm sweating that took so long. I'm surprised I didn't get a message from uh, Ruth and her team with Shout going, "Are you guys off the air? Are something wrong? <laughs> yeah. did, did
0: Wi-Fi go out?"
4: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: how long it takes Kenley Jansen to throw a baseball. I mean, that is unbelievable.
4: One of the slowest, one of the slowest starters, Shohei Ohtani, 49th out of the top of the 50. It was Otani was and in and that? Yeah, it was Otani and another Angel starter. In
0: another that. reason why he shouldn't be MVP. It takes too long to throw pitches. Shohei Otani. I asked a question today. Do losses matter? I asked a question that, st- that stumped everybody. I said, do losses? Okay, fine. Wins don't matter for starting pitchers. Okay. I asked the question, but do losses? And all of a sudden, everybody backed up. My sabermetric friends all backed up. They were backpedaling like Deion Sanders.
4: Do losses matter? I told you they don't. I don't Oh, care.
0: then I said this. And he couldn't answer this. If wins and losses don't matter and you just care about data, there's pitchers who have better data than Max Scherzer? Why are you paying him 43 million dollars a year? Why are you paying Verlander at 39 what are 30 something? Why are you paying them cuz you have pitchers who have better analytics than those two. Why? I told you track record. Track record of what? Of winning. Oh, now winning matters again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Cuz I can find you a lot of pitchers who have better spin rates. I can find you pitchers that have better analytics and better data than Verlander and Scherzer. Why are teams paying them so much money? Why?
4: Tell me why. They told you track record. And what's the track record? They're winners. They've a legacy in the game. They've been around They're forever. winners. Well, they both won one World Series. I don't know if we want to call them they're that. They're winners. What I said to you is they, they won, each won a World Series.
0: Okay, yeah, when they're going into the Hall of Fame, are they going in for, because of spin rate? Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. So all you people want to tell me it doesn't matter. Okay, then why do you – why are they paying Garrett Cole that much money?
4: Because he strikes people out.
0: No, that's not why. You're lying. To be honest, I'm being dead honest right now. Why is Garrett Cole getting all that money?
4: I mean, he wins games, but he also gets strikes left. He's
0: there to do one effing thing. What is it?
4: Well, they want him to win, but he hasn't. What is he win. paid to do? To win, but how many big games do he want in the playoffs? Doesn't
0: matter. What is he paid to do? Why did they sign him? Did they sign him for spin rate? Did they st- sign him for any analytic? What did the Yankees put on the dotted line? Here's generational wealth. Here is money that's never been seen before by a Yankee pitcher. Why? To win the games for them. There you go. When you start paying people to not win, that's when I'll believe it. When you have a general manager or whoever get up and say, we're paying this guy all this money and we don't care whether he wins or not, that's when I'll believe it. When you get a press conference, I might be wrong. Find me a press conference where they not talk about this guy coming in to win games. Find me one and then I'll say I'm wrong. Find me a press conference I want or find me a quote Find me something Find me something that is fact, where it says I'm paying this guy an extreme amount of generational wealth. I've never heard anything, anybody who touches the ball, whether it's a, a – I've never heard we're going to sign Steph Curry to all this money because we don't care about winning. We're going to sign this quarterback to all this money and we don't care about winning, and we don't care about him winning. Why do we sign quarterbacks to all that money? We're looking at their quarterback record because they win. I'm not saying, well, I hit, I'm i signing this guy to all this money because of his completion percentage.
4: Never heard that at a press conference. So, floor is yours. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong, but also I think that we're still evaluating these guys. Verlander and Scherzer have been in the league for how many years? I've,
0: ne- I've never said there wasn't an evaluation and there wasn't stuff going on. Never said that.
4: Yeah, you're paying. I agree with you. They're paying. You're paying to win big games, but you're giving Garrett Cole three hundred twenty-five million. How many big playoff games does he want for the Yankees? I don't care about how much you're paying him. How many big games does he want? He hasn't. But what are you paying him for? Well, you're supposed to pay him to win, but he's not winning. Just these are simple answers of what are you paying him for? Your your expectations for him to win big games. That's what they're paying him for. They're not
0: paying him for anything else. They're not paying him for anything else. They're paying for him to win games. They're not paying. They're not gonna at the end of the year, for example, at the end of the year, if he hasn't won games, are they gonna be satisfied with with any other any? You can have you can have wins in this column, and everything else, spin rate. You can have uh, you got x fit. You can have everything in this column. Which column are they gonna judge him on?
4: Oh, his wins. Let me ask you this real quick. Why did the Nationals pay Steven Strasburg all the money? He can't even get on the field, but you're paying him because he won one year? That's yeah. that's a bad that's that's a that's a bad evaluation by the general manager then. You're paying a guy for one year? They paid him for what he did in the past. How many big games did Strasburg win for twenty nineteen? But that's still what's your point? He does I, I when I think of what is your point? They weren't paying
0: Strasburg Strasbourg for us they weren't paying Strasburg for something
4: any other than wins. So, what's your point? I I don't agree with that one. What were they paying him for? Let's see. uh, Potential strikeouts. He always had a decent ERA. He never won a lot of games.
0: So, you're telling me they paid Strasburg $245 million based on his strikeouts. That's what they paid him for? They They guaranteed someone $245 million because the number one thing they care about is him striking people out. He's won. A, he's won 20 games. How many times in his career? You're. You're like. You're like trying to make yourself look better in this. I'm trying to ask you. Two. I'm paying you 205 million. 245 million for what? What am I paying you for? And you're saying strikeouts?
4: I, I'm telling you, he's won 18 games once.
0: I. Let's, but every
4: other year, he's had a good ERA and a lot of like strikeouts. This, it's like this. What are we paying you for? It's a good question. But what are we paying you for? Well, I mean, we're to re- pay- We're to do, a, pay- to do a job. Correct, and you have job responsibilities. But but I'm not evaluated off of wins and losses. I'm evaluated off of a lot of other things other than wins and losses. But these- That's my point. I don't care about wins. If the guy does other things and the team goes out and they lose 2-1, that's on his fault. Then
0: there's no point No one ever said it was.
4: So I don't care about wins then. That's my point.
0: Then why are you paying them? I, I can get anybody. I I don't need to guarantee somebody
4: because he's not hitting home runs and driving in runs.
0: I don't need to pay someone three hundred million to
4: just give me innings, right? Yeah, I, I'm over this debate. It's it's silly. I'm not, I'm never going. To, but the people that like me who don't think wins matter, it's I'm never going to be right. And then in ten years, when we're paying guys off things other than wins, you're going to go, "Oh well."
0: Oh, I, I I've surrendered, but I just want to know why do we pay certain
4: guys exorbitant amount of money? Because teams can. That's why. Why did the Giants give Carlos Rodon twenty-two and a half million? To why? Win, to why? Win, how many big games has he won?
0: It doesn't matter whether he, they. They paid won. him
4: for one year.
0: I get it, Cody, but it's whether they've. You're, you're debating whether they've done it or not. I'm asking you why they pay them.
4: Because you, your expectation is to win games, but. So the,
0: so then, can we just end on that? Yeah. Can we just end on that? That they're paying them to win games. Yeah. Now you can say whether they've won them or not. But the, the 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 question is, if I give a guy this kind of money, what am I paying him for?
4: Your expectations for him to win. The team to win. And what goes with team winning? Well, you would think pitching wins, but that always doesn't matter. That's all that's all I've asked. I've d I have asked i
0: have I have not asked anything else. I just asked why are guys getting generational wealth? It's to win. Right? Yeah. Why do we pay Steph? What are we paying Steph Curry for three pointers? He hits more.
4: Th- Is he just getting paid for three pointers? No, but he does other things, but he's getting paid to do what to win. But he also puts up a lot of numbers. winning does what
0: puts butts in the seats. That's the thing. It's like it's winning. It's like we're all trying to figure out ways not to win. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You know what? I don't know what matters anymore. I don't even know why you show up anymore. Anyway. Do we care? Does do we even care, do we care about wins and losses for teams? Can we at least still care about that?
4: I still do. I'm, I mean, I'm do like, we
0: still care about wins? Do we actually care about teams
4: winning still? Do we care about that? I mean, we're we're talking about the Dodgers, well, that we were talking about potentially setting the record for most wins.
0: Oh no, no, no! We can't talk about their wins. We got to talk about all the other stuff that. How that, many home that, runs that they help. had? Yeah. Did
4: they, how? What, what, what did they strike
0: out? How many pitchers? We don't even know who they got. That's another thing we got to talk about. Are the Dodgers more dangerous because they've succeeded with the injuries?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, look at their picture. Look at their picture. Some
0: people are going to say no. They're going to say, well, without Walker Bueller, you don't have a chance. But is there something to be said for a team that wins without their top guys? Does it make them more deadly? Where's the breaking news sounder? This is breaking news. Uh,
4: Ray's still getting his uh, chops in.
0: Well, we bought Ray a Dave Stewart jersey. It should be. We gave him his hard
4: work. If you want to see it, it'll be.
0: Live from New York on the ABC Sports Desk,
4: I'm Chris Townsend. Your news. James. According to Martin Gallegos, covers the ace for MLB.com on Twitter, per Mark Kotze from his media session. James Caprillian, also known as Cap, laceration on his middle finger was caused by extending his arm out while putting on his shirt and hitting a poster on his wall. Kotze said the hope is Caprillian will only miss me? one turn in the rotation. Are you kidding me? Let me read that again. You can't pitch. Because
0: you hurt your finger putting on a shirt on a poster? You got to be
4: kidding me. Yep. He was scratched with a right middle finger laceration. That's now the second ace pitcher that's had a middle finger issue. The other one being Paul Blackburn. He's out for the year. No, his isn't a laceration. So, like I said, Caps laceration on his middle finger per Martin Gallego. So Mark Kotze's media availability in the dugout earlier today, which we would have saw when we were down on the field, which we're not. His laceration on his middle finger was caused by extending his arm out, so meaning he went like this, I guess, while putting on his shirt and hitting a poster on the wall. Per Markotze. the plan is hopefully he only misses one start in rotation, so he goes to the. He's already missed a start because they put him in the bullpen. Now he's back, and then he's not back. Uh, From what I've been told, from my sources, uh, Austin Pruitt will start tonight. Might be a bullpen game. There's your news.
0: All right, I, I – I, I, I.
4: Move over uh, uh, pitch clock, which if you turn on MLB Network, uh, they're not doing it right now, but they were doing it during the Phillies-Nats game. They had the pitch timer when guy was pitching, and they were seeing how fast he would go to the mound. Mound hey, to the home plate.
0: Hey, let, 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 let's, let's be honest here. We're in professional sports, and you either deliver or you don't. And in the end, when you don't deliver, they will move on from you. And I, I, have, I have gotten into the James Cap corner on a lot of things. I have said, and I kind of mentioned this with David Forrest, who didn't run with it yesterday, by the way. I, 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 I extended this to David and said, okay. I mentioned it about my theory about cap. I mean, the same thing with Cody Thomas, who we're saying Guys have lost years. These very important years in your career. James Caprillion was drafted in the first round by the New York Yankees. 15th, 14th, 15th, something In
4: 2015, it. I believe.
0: And when you're drafted, at that point, they're drafting you to be the dude. They're drafting you to be this guy. This guy... Who, even though it may be dying, is a front of the rotation guy. Maybe coming back now with this new news today. But you're supposed to be somebody coming out of UCLA who vaults through the system, gets into the Yankee rotation, and starts winning games and help them win games. That that's why they're drafting you the first round. Because if you're not, if they're not drafting a pitcher, you might as well go get a hitter, a guy that's going to help you. But they're drafting you the first round because they think. They think you're going to help them at the big league level. Yes. That's why you're taken in the first round, second round, third round. Eh, You might go away. We're talking about the kid from Atlanta who went in the 11th round. Uh, Von, Grish- Von Grisham. We're talking about it. You draft a guy in the 11th round, and he turns out to be this guy. Oh, my God. That's golden. But first round, you're expected to help at the big league level. Boom. Tommy John hits. Happens. All right. Going to be timeout. Well, It doesn't go smoothly for James. And that time lingers, and there's rehab after rehab. So this time that he's supposed to learn how to become the guy, he loses that because he's a rehab guy. He's not pitching in games. He's not competing. He's not learning to be that guy. Finally, trade leaves New York comes to Oakland, land of opportunity, you're going to get that chance once again to be that guy. And now you're finally ha- healthy, and what's hit? what hits? COVID. COVID hits. Now you don't even have a season. So they throw you in an alternate site. In San Jose. In San Jose, at San Jose Municipal Stadium, and you just work out. So now you have spent X amount of years of the learning curve For you to be that guy, the dude, you have spent practicing and rehabbing and not pitching. And now all of a sudden, and that's why I keep trying I've been throwing it out there. I do it on this show. I've been doing it on my NBC hits. And I keep reminding everybody, he's not a kid. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. This is when he should be that guy. He should be a top-of-the-rotation guy. He should be going out there and everybody's like, it's wind day. It's wind day. Who's on the mound? It's Caprillion. It's wind day. But we don't do that. Why? Because he's never developed into that guy. And what he's done this year, he's been a five-inning guy. They don't have the confidence in him to go more than five. And a lot of that I blame on us. You should. I don't care what the numbers are. To hell with the numbers. You got a bad season going. Allow the guy to learn how to do that, and you don't allow him to do it. Shame on you. And now you take him out of the rotation because the last four starts, I got the information here. Last four start, last five starts, 0-4 with a 6.46 ERA. Bad. He had a stretch there, pretty good, but he's been bad.
4: Was it 33 straight starts? He hasn't gone in the seventh. Is that what it is? I think it's 33 now, yeah.
0: 33 straight starts dating back to last year. Six innings or less. Worst stretch in A's history. fact that you haven't got an out in the seventh inning in one start, not good. And, you know, here you go. This is September. This is it, Cap. You got all these other guys coming. Here's Langoliers. Here's Sears. Here's Martinez. More guys coming. And they put you in the bullpen. We've watched him work out. He's gotten in these extensive workouts to build up for this start. And then what happens? Bang! You cut your finger putting on your shirt and hitting a
4: poster. What? That's what? A poster what they, that's what or what? Uh, I don't know. Good question. What? A in the, poster. Maybe in the clubhouse. I don't know. Or at home. Good question. Who knows where it happened?
0: I. I, I just I. I, I don't. Know. I mean, you just. You start wondering, I don't think there's a problem, but if if Cap is not here next year with the A's, will we look at this scenario and say, remember, yeah, couldn't make that start because he was putting on his shirt and
4: he hurt his finger
0: on a poster?
4: Uh, that, sh- that might be one of the things that gets brought up for sure, that this – I'm like at a, some point, I'm looking at our game notes and caps. The caps not even in there because of the. I think because the they probably knew about the injury. First thing in here, you look at the second page. It's bullpen notes. So, I I you, you only have so much
0: patience. I mean, obviously they took it in a, in in the year of discovery, as we have dubbed it. Uh, you've taken them out of the rotation, and now you put them very briefly, and now you put them back, and you did it. With the eye of working him out, we've we've watched it from the press box before we've gone down because he's been out there early and you've done this extensive stuff with him to get him ready for this start and then he can't go. I mean, I I don't know. They're not going to tell us, but I mean, my patience is wearing thin. If my patience is wearing thin, because once again, I'm not dealing with a 24 year old, I'm not dealing with a young prospect. When does he turn 29? Let me check. I mean, he's 28. This is the prime of your career. I mean, next year you're 29. I mean, you're, 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 you're on the doorstep of, of your 30s season. You're
4: well, in your 30s. Spring training, March 2nd.
0: He's 29. Started next year, he's 29. This is, I mean, you, your career to date. You're too old. You think back of the baseball. I'm younger. I think baseball reference. Uh, Your baseball reference page, I'm like, what does it say? Not much. And you're 28, about to be 29. Yeah. I mean, how frustrated are you? If you're not, I mean, I would be worried. But then also from cap standpoint, I may be getting me out of here because you don't want me to go more than five. Oh, the mariachis. Can I get some chips and salsa? Where's the margaritas? Even though uh, I don't drink anymore,
4: margaritas would be nice. Uh, for me, yes. I mean, since you don't drink.
0: I can go a virgin.
4: I never heard someone ask for a virgin margarita before. That's interesting.
0: I have never asked one either, but there always well, there, is a there's start. always a
4: first for everything.
0: <laughs> but I can see where Cap may be a guy that maybe needs a new look. And I, boy, I, I, does that Sunny Gray trade a stinker. I, I, I
6: mean, was,
4: we're starting to look at another trade that's a stinker. We're already now Zach Lowe going down, Kevin Smithson in AAA, Kirby Steen hasn't really been setting the world on fire. I
0: mean, the Matt Matt Chapman. Wait, I mean, Matt. What are you getting for Matt? I mean,
4: uh, second. He, we we got on him about his batting average. He he's second in the, on the Blue Jays in home runs, behind only Vlad. By the way, though, it's all home. It's all home. Yeah, it's yeah. like nineteen it, to five. If you like
0: go that. look at Matt Chapman's splits, Matt Chapman at on the road is terrible i mean really he's terrible his ops just his ops just plummets i mean he's hit was he hitting at was he hitting like two uh
4: two i want to say it's close to 230 now you got
0: to remember it's the same thing i told you about josh donaldson i said and that's when on my old talk show on the other radio station i said you trade josh donaldson to toronto he's gonna explode came the mvp got the most votes of the All-Star game. Why? Because you put him in an offensive huge environment. Not only is the Rogers Center, you call it the Sky Dome, a launching pad, but you now put him on turf, and all your ground balls are going in for base hit. I mean, it's highly offensive. So you look at – take my take, Matt Chapman out of the Rogers Center this year and
4: look at his numbers. He's not very good. All of his numbers are at home. Yeah, Well, yeah, you're right. I think he has like 19 home runs at home or 18. It's, it's really high. But – I will always like Matt
0: Chapman because he's a gamer. And Matt Chapman, and we're going to have to get at on this, this this day, Matt Chapman was someone who didn't care about his stats. He cared about winning. That's something I will always respect about him, that no matter what, the end goal for him was winning games. He could go 0-4 and be happy because the team won. He was about winning. That's what I always respect. Oh, we got to get to Mark I just, I, I really wonder,
4: future of James Caprillion. I'm with you. An injury like this. I mean, I'm shaking my head. He could. My thing, real quick, forget Tecate. I thought he could have been that super reliever for the A's, since he only goes five. He could be a perfect guy in that, that extended bullpen role. But he's supposed to be a starter. I know. Well, hey, Josh Hader was supposed to be a starter. But hater was. When was Hader moved, though? Uh, well, he went to, from the Orioles to the Astros to the Brewers. But at what age was? Oh, it, he was in his yeah, he was in his early twenties.
0: I mean, we're talking he's twenty eight. He's 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 months away from being twenty nine. October, November, December, January, February. I mean, Andrew Miller's He's five months away from being twenty nine.
4: I gotta find new better examples. I always use Miller because but he's like the one guy that went for being a starter. How many, a look
0: up Ray real quick. How many starts has James Capp
4: had this year? I think it's twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Then he had the eleven starts last year he didn't go, but you could double check. But I'm pretty sure it's twenty two.
0: I mean, that's not a lot. We're not talking about a body well, of work here at by the time you're twenty-eight years old.
4: Ray's trying to find out on the back of his baseball card.
0: What do you got, Ray? It is twenty-two starts in twenty twenty two. What do you have last year? Twenty-four with twenty-one starts of three appearances out of the pen. And now you're gonna be twenty-nine. Can't go past six innings. I mean, you're still cheap. That 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 that's no, something that plays. Go. But I mean at some point. If I say right now, the rotation, opening day, next season, top of your head, Cole Irvin, not not knowing who gets traded or what moves could happen. Cole Irvin.
4: Blackburn. Paul Blackburn. Sears. Sears. Waldachuck. Waldachuck. Adrian Martinez. Well, where's Cap? Are we forgetting someone? No. There's no one that's on and there's no other one else that's hurt. Yeah, yeah, there's where's Cap? Where's Zach Logue? We're freaking someone out. I swear I thought there's another starter we're missing. Okay, yeah. Where's Cap? Well, I mean long, Cap, long, Cap, long relief. Cap technically should be that third guy. It should go Cole. You were right though, that is a Jason Schmidt. All like, Starger, is that is a, Jason Schmidt? That's naturally. Pirates Legend, Jason Schmidt, don't you forget that. That is true.
0: Uh I was thinking Cole Blackburn Cap. That's how you should say it, and then Sears and Waldachuk. But now I, I don't know exactly how you look at cap. I, and then if you go into spring training, and knowing God knows no one's going to go with anything extensive. I, I just I don't know. It's interesting. It becomes kind of a wild card now. What what to expect, especially a guy who's had thirty three starts and hasn't. I mean, it's average this year.
4: He's averaged five innings a start. Yeah. And he can, he's going to go, what was 22 starts, and maybe he gets one or two more? Because they said they hope he only misses his start with the finger laceration. This is,
0: what tw- do we got, 22 games left?
4: Uh, 24, including tonight. No, no, no. It's less than we're, that. We're 50 and 88. So that's 130, that's 130. What is that? 138? Yeah, so plus 24. Right, we're 50 88, correct? Yeah, I'm
0: just going to do the schedule here. After, I'm not count this game. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, It'll 7, 23. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 2 20, 23 games. Yeah, so
4: 24 including tonight, yeah. So he's out. So maybe he makes three to four more starts? Uh, three? Three. Well, I figure every five days. Oh, six-minute rotation now, right? I mean, yeah. So maybe two starts? We'll see.
2: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best The power of their data wasabi, another Boston based championship team.
7: Okay,
8: picture this. It's Friday
7: afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old
0: whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With
6: available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Well, it's been a jam-packed show, so we really haven't had time to talk about the significance of today. But the major significance for us, and we really want to thank you, the A's fans, is today we can officially say we've reached 5 million downloads 5 million since 2019 we are by far the number one podcast in major league baseball but we are far more than a podcast we're really like a radio station that basically is a podcast as we give you information and we give you entertainment 24/7 365 We never go off the air. Most teams haven't put the effort in. They'll have somebody do a podcast, and they put it up. No one has put the effort in that we have to give you something that's every day, all day. And we want to thank you because without you, we don't get to these numbers. When we created this in 2019 – we had no idea we were going to do a live show. That came off Dave Cavill and uh, one of our old bosses of wanting to do a opening day show where it was a four-hour show. We had never gone live, and we had never done commercials. And I'll never forget them asking me, could we do it? And my answer to everything is, of course we can do it. And I had no idea whether we could do it or not. And I remember being right here with Joey the Italian stallion, if you remember
4: Joey Libertori. Now runs the Ducks.
0: And he had all these commercials. We literally had no idea we were going live. The sun was coming up. Our old COO Chris Giles was was doing the uh, was doing the television hits with the morning shows. Sun's coming up. It's opening day. It's a day game, and we go live. And that was how Ace Cast Live was born. And literally, Joey had to go over and listen on his phone to see if it was working. I was started. I started the show, and I didn't even know if it was working. We didn't take. I didn't take a break for three and a half hours. I did three and a half hours straight, and they kept bringing me guests, and I kept talking. Three and a half hours. Finally, we're gonna take a break. Once again, we don't know if the commercials are gonna work. We go to a break. He hits it. The commercials work. We took one break for two minutes because that's all the commercials we had. (laughs) So, basically, I talked for four hours straight. I went up, took a quick break, then did an hour pregame show, did the game, postgame show. I show up the next day thinking it was a one-off, and they go, "Uh, everybody really liked it. They want to now do a show. I went, oh, my God, are you serious? But that's kind of how we have evolved. No, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there's very many people – other than, I'm not going to mention all of their names, but there's a very small group that actually believed we could do it. And one is Dave Cavill, who we really have to thank. He believed in it. But I can tell you, most I I would say 98% I'd mean, i say about 98% of people in this organization did not believe in us. They didn't believe we could do it. They didn't know why we were doing it. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of resources. And let me tell you this, Ace fans, there hasn't been 5 million people come into this ballpark since 2019. I guarantee you our television broadcast, our radio broadcast, they haven't had 5 million people watch their product. The fact that We're the one thing. Five million downloads. You took the time. And this doesn't count you who just watched live. This is just downloads. This is not the interactions and all the people have just listened live. What we've been able to accomplish, and that's why I want to say congratulations to Cody, because it was Cody who I said, I need somebody to help me build this. I need somebody to help me grow this. It just can't all be me. And that's when I went out and stole him from ninety-five seven the game. So congratulations to you. Five million is a big part of what you've done of all the stuff, all these podcasts, and everything that you he's downloading it and he's putting it together and he's making it happen and stuff that you see on Twitter and everything. Cody's been doing it. So Cody, congratulations. You are a huge part of this five million.
4: Well, you know I'm a big me guy, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna bask If there's in all
0: anybody the- <laughs> who loves Cody,
4: it's Cody. No, it's it's been a great ride, and, you know, I can't take credit for all of it myself. Ray, who's now here for after Joey left us, Ray helps a lot with Ace Cast and in the, in the radio broadcast, but more so there. It's Ray's There's in. his hand. Ray will be in for me next week when I'm uh, sitting in a lagoon in Iceland. That's what it, people do on their honeymoon is hang, hang out in the lagoon where people are at a beach. Um, but, yeah, we've had great success.
0: Okay, that's my ignorance. They have lagoon beaches in Iceland? It's, it's not a
4: beach. This is like, like a lagoon. Like, it's an indoor lagoon. It's I don't, My wife booked all of this. I picked Iceland. She figured everything out.
0: Because when I think love and I think honeymoon, I think Iceland
4: and and Ireland. She wanted to go to Ireland. Ireland. I wanted them to go to London, but we we settled on. I uh, could see
0: London, Ireland.
4: Well, our whole trip required. This is a. We were but supposed, we'll get to
0: this at another time. Yeah, we
4: we're supposed to go to Japan, but that's why we're going. But yeah, but with Acecast, everything we've been able to do through a pandemic, a yeah. lockout, uh, wildfires, power outages, bad internet, bad computer, just bad technology. Yeah. You know, one thing we haven't had problems with, we didn't we don't really have a lot of guests bail on us, and that's just – got to credit a lot of the people I've reached out to and built relationships with well, for them you know, for never bailing on us. And the relationships you built with them to be able to talk with them and to try, have the trust to come on with us as much as they do. Well, think about this. Folks, we carried a baseball show.
0: Season ends. All of a sudden we have a pandemic, a global pandemic that's killing people, and people are sick all around – the world baseball basically shuts down we never shut down a baseball show we talked baseball all the way up till opening day where matt olson who's here hit the walk-off grand slam and extra innings
4: against the angels yeah how many months was that did we carry baseball with no baseball uh it ended in october right and then we went to the winter meetings in december and all right Cole, sign strasburg rendon like here we go then march comes we're at we go to we go to Vegas for the the then Indians and in A-Series, and we go to spring training, and then a couple days later, we get shut down because of COVID. So October to July 20, what was it, 25th or 6th, when also the grandson of Holby Milner. Uh, yes, I remember the pitcher. That's how long we went. Almost, almost, almost a calendar year. And what we
0: have done is to try and give this franchise that we love to give it its due, to give – it access to the players, to what's going on, to giving you what you deserve as A's fans. Because all the years that I was doing stuff on Terrestrial Radio, I heard you. I heard what you wanted. Well, why don't we have this and why don't we have that? Well, we've given you what you now want. Where you have things that are dedicated just for your team. And you have responded by helping us with five million downloads and like I said, it's more than five million when you look at everybody who has has listened live and now the ability to watch live. So what you have been able how you have watched us grow, it's your support that has allowed us to grow, to bring you as not much information about this franchise and to help us take it to the next level where we have bigger plans than this. This has just all been the start, so we we need to thank Katherine Aker, Dallaire, D. A. We need to thank everybody around us who's allowing us to grow and give us the opportunity to keep being at the forefront to where other teams in Major League Baseball are. All, I can't. What we're going to go back to the winter meetings this year. We were the darlings of the winter meetings in 2019. Everybody was coming to us saying, what's it like? What's it like? Well, we haven't seen anybody. I can't wait for them to see how we've evolved. We know how they react when the teams get here, but how when we're all in the same room, wherever that room will be in San Diego. Or what hotel we'll be at. To to now show them how we have grown, grown, progressed. Here's our numbers. Here's what we're doing. We have advertising. We're monetizing it. It's really a cool thing. The A's have been at the forefront of a lot of different things in baseball, and that's what we're doing from a multimedia perspective to where look how we're now tied in with NBC Sports California. I do hits now every single day representing A's cast that's on our cable station. So you got A's cast that's being seen by cable, streaming. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter our game has changed dramatically over time.
4: Yeah, and the, adding the visual element to it, I, I know people don't really care to see, maybe not see us on television or on YouTube and Twitter, but they care to see our players and opposing players. You got to see Matt Olson today. Why uh, would it,
0: they not want to see us?
4: Uh, I don't know. I have a face for radio, as they say. Wow, uh, yeah, I'm taking shots myself, but you got to see Matt Olson today. You got to see a Ken yeah. Walderchuk. You got to see Ron Washington. You get to see the field. Yeah, here I'll stand up so people can see it.
0: I mean, we, you know, I mean, when guys come in, they're taking ground balls. Normally, they're taking ground. Oh, they're staying out of the heat today, basically. But you get no, to Wash see. Was no, Wash was hitting. was hitting the balls. You get to see. You get to see all the stuff going on behind us, and we give you access. Like, think of all the players. They just think of the XAs we've had recently. Josh Donaldson. Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. We're not getting that unless we're right here. We're the only show in Major League Baseball. And I would like to say, of any of the big four sports, that's NFL, that's NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, I don't know of another show that's on the field where basically every game, Monday through Friday.
4: Yeah, I I can't think of one.
0: Not. I can tell you, in the NFL, I've traveled all the NFL stadiums. And I was able to do my pregame stuff. But that was just from my phone, wherever I, I get the best reception. No one was doing an on-field show in the NFL. Nobody. I didn't see one. I mean, what we do is so unique. And, yeah, we may be crowing a little bit, but you know what? We should. Of what we've been able to accomplish. I don't think anybody else in sports is doing what we're doing. You're not seeing the NBA. No one's on the basketball court doing a show during shoot-around. No no one, no one's doing it on the ice in
4: the NHL. No, but no, we've seen teams try to start doing what we're doing, and the Sharks have done it. the The Ducks are doing it now. With our old cohort Joey Libertori. Yeah.
0: Matt Olson, saying how much he loved A's Cast, and he watched A's Cast back in the day. Uh, how are you? Good,
8: good. How about yourself?
0: Uh, we're doing real well. We just hit five million downloads today. Become the major league leader in all the podcasts of Major League Baseball and of course you've been a part of it for years it's great to see you
8: yeah good to be back uh, see some old faces and and uh, you know try to get a win let's be <laughs> honest
0: it's got to be weird to be back right
8: yeah you know it's different um, obviously playing here on one side for for so long and um, going somewhere else coming back it's a little different uh, being on the opposite side but uh, you know it's cool.
0: So you already got to play against the A's earlier this year, so you got to see that emotion. But, you know, for all the A's fans listening, what will, this organization will always mean something to you. It's where you're drafted. It's where you were brought up. Just just leaving here, what was that like for you?
8: Yeah, you know, it was uh, kind of jumping into a new chapter. I didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, uh, especially the, the situation with the CBA kind of, drawing late in and then going out to spring and the trade happening and there was just a lot of moving pieces going on so um you know there was kind of a lot uh new being thrown at me um you know like you said obviously thankful for for everything that the the a's organization did for me and you know giving me a chance drafting me um and then uh you know equally as happy for for the braves organization uh you know Taking a chance on me, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've been very happy over there.
0: And you guys are rolling right now. It's it's a great story. We'll get into that. We just wanted to get into the, you know the A's things because just talk about the good times and the run and Bob Melvin and this team and and Chapman and all the other guys. Just the, the run that you had here was really special.
8: Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, there's actually a lot of similarities between uh, you know our A's team that we had and, and this Braves team. Um, you know I think here in Oakland, everybody uh, didn't necessarily look at us as the biggest threat, uh, being you know kind of newer young core coming up and uh, had a couple good years there. Obviously nothing too deep in, in the playoffs <laughs> like they did last year, but uh, you know kind of the same thing. Everybody uh, doubted the Braves a little bit last year as far as uh, you know regular season record and and uh, matchups in the playoffs. So, um, you know, when, when that's the case, you kind of thrive off of it. And, you know, it's it's something to rally behind. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, it contributed to our success here in Oakland when, when we were all here and, uh, you know, their success last year, uh, you know, winning, winning it all.
0: You know, when, when Chappie was here, I wanted to give him the opportunity to speak about it because a lot came out in The Athletic about what he was offered, what he turned down, and all of that. And A's fans wanted to know. Uh, and, and we'll end on the A's part on this. Did they ever offer you? Was there ever any negotiations about keeping you here long term? I know a lot of A's have asked me. I don't know. That'd be something between you
8: and the organization. Was that ever a possibility? Um, yeah, you know, there was, there was definitely conversation. Um, a little more early on in the career, um, you know, it was it was something that uh, you know I think uh, I don't want to uh, <laughs> get too far into it, but uh, you know I, I think it was it was expressed that uh, would have liked uh, you know the chance to to sign a long-term deal um, and uh, you know just kind of uh, never never. Uh, necessarily came to fruition obviously we got you know traded over to Atlanta and uh you know we were able to work something away uh you know fairly quickly but uh it was something that I was I was always interested in
0: and let's end on this because we know you got hitter meeting going up just Mm -hmm. going back home this has to be so special for you and your family what has this been like for you
8: it's been great um you know a lot of a lot of familiarity coming coming into a spot that you uh, grew up in, and uh, you know the fan base is great. Um, you know I, I can't say enough for for all the Braves, uh, for what the Braves have done for me so far in this short amount of time, and uh, you know uh, excited for for the next few years and uh, hopefully some more winning baseball.
0: Well, you were always great to us here on A's Cast Live, and I've said it many times. If it's all, when I look at all the guys that we've lost. You're, the only, you're going to be the one I miss the most. I think your, your career is going to be unbelievable. I think you're going to get votes someday for the Hall of Fame and to watch you grow from a right fielder. We're all angry you were out there to being one of the best first basemen in baseball. I Welcome back. It. You're always going to be an A in our eyes, and good luck the rest of the way and good luck the rest of your career. Hopefully we'll be able to do this more often. Now we see each other every season starting next year.
8: There we go. The Thanks, great Chris. Matt
0: Olson right here on A's Cast Live. Well, we've had him on for years on A's Cast Live, and it's now great to have him in person. The great Ron Washington joins us here. As Wasp, we've taken it now and turned it into a TV show. Oh, okay. So it's just not audio anymore. (laughs) We now got you on video. Uh, First off, thank you, because you know how much this organization, uh, what you mean to it, and I know how much this organization means to you. It's got to be... A lot of blood, sweat, and tears for you out on this field. It's got to be great for you to be
1: back. It's always wonderful to come back to Oakland. And, um, you know, they look like they're in a little rebuilding stage, but uh, I think uh, they're in good hands with Kasi and his group. And uh, they do play play hard on the field, and that's all you can ask for. Um, It's always walking down memory lane when I walk into this stadium because there are a ton of memories here. And I'm sorry I missed the 20-game win streak party. I heard it was outstanding. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could have gotten here, but it just didn't work out. What does
0: it mean to you that even though you weren't here, you were brought up a lot during that during that time and all the interviews?
1: Well, it, it means a lot because I was a part of it. I mean, I was standing outside the lines. The guys did it between the lines, but we were a family, and that's the way we went about our business, and that's the one memory I always keep when I do come back to Oakland. Um, the years that I was here, it was 17 of them. And uh, we were a family, and that's the way we went about our business as a family.
0: I wanted to ask you about Art Howe because there there was a lot of emotion around Art, unfortunately, about the movie, the way he was portrayed. And right before we were going to introduce him, I did an interview with him, and I asked him about what's it going to mean to you to get that love, to truly know how much this fan base loves you. During his answer, he choked up and started to cry.
1: That's Art. Um, you know, I learned so much from him just by watching him work when I was working for him. Um, he let the players play. He let his, his coaches coach. Uh, he stepped in when he had to step in. Uh, he was a common factor. Uh, he knows a lot of baseball. Um, of course, those guys loved him. I love him to death uh, because when I got my first man- managing job, I brought him on as my bench coach uh, because I wanted his wisdom and knowledge next to me and um, he's always going to be a tremendous part of my life because he gave me my first opportunity as a, as a coach in the big leagues.
0: And one guy I think you would have loved to have seen, because we hadn't seen him other than an opposing player. He would never come back and put that A's jersey on, but he did. He's a guy that you helped make the MVP. You've made a lot of good players. This guy was the MVP.
1: You must be talking about Miguel Tejada. Miguel
0: Tejada coming back, and I did the interview with him. He was emotional. He just hadn't been back, but he was welcome back and just kind of, hey, remember, Miguel, you're a big part of this family. Don't ever forget that. Uh, I think that would have been nice for you to see him because he's a big part of what the A's did, especially during that time. You
1: know, it's it's funny how life worked. We did the All-Star game because we were the World Series champs. So we did the All-Star game, and I ran into Miguel. That's the first time i seen Miguel since he left Baltimore. And he still looked good. And um, I just always told him when I seen him how much he meant to me because he kept me vigorated. He kept me working. He kept me trying. The, the things that I've learned about infield play, I was able to start with Miguel, Eric Chavez, Mark Gellis, Jason Giambi. Those were the guys that gave me my opportunity to be a a major league infield coach. And from that point, it just grew. And they were the reason that it grew, because I was able to take my ideas and my visions and use on them See, they were puppets. <laughs> they didn't know it. <laughs> Scott
0: Hatterberg, we were talking to Hatterberg, and he's like, no, Billy Bean and Ron Washington were not in my living room.
1: <laughs> that did not happen. No, it happened in Phoenix Municipal Stadium. We had the conversation. It did happen in Phoenix Municipal Stadium. Uh, that was a movie, of course. Yeah. But the conversation, it did happen. And the results of that conversation it did happen too. Yeah. Because Scottberg turned himself into a hell of a first baseman.
0: I want everybody to know it's hot out here today. And we've been doing this show almost two hours. This is where we do every home show. And I was over there watching you. When we started, before we started this show, you were out there working with somebody, one of your middle infielders. I don't care. I couldn't see who it was. The first one was Grisham. So I want everybody to know it's been hours out in the heat <laughs> that you're out here. There's something about. In you, work ethic. Not only do you love being a teacher, you love helping people, and that's the great thing. A, a, a coach, a teacher, loves the best part of your job is helping somebody else. But what? when did you learn that work ethic that you're out there today, you're grinding in the sun?
1: Learned that work ethic when I was in the projects in New Orleans. Um, you bring that with you as a child. And then the people that you run into when you finally get a chance to get into the professional ranks, Every one of my coaches made a difference in my life, and every one of my coaches that I've had from rookie ball to the major leagues is inside of Ron Washington, and I express it every single day. I couldn't tell you which one it is coming out. Sometimes I can tell you which one it is coming out, (laughs) but they all are inside of me, and um, that's the way I was brought up, and I try to pass that on and hope that the kids that I'm dealing with, um, when they get to the point where they become seniors instead of juniors, Uh, They can pass it on, and that's how we keep the game going. Um, That little work we do is only four minutes. I don't care how hot it is. It's only four minutes. You can get it done in four minutes and be gone. Now, the player can get it done in four minutes and be gone. I got six players. So I'm out there getting six guys, and I'm the one doing the sweating. I'm the (laughs) one doing the work. You see what I'm saying? But when they see me get through that work, it makes it good for them to get through the work. Because when I was a youngster and I had older coaches, I used to say, if he could hang out here doing this, I'm gonna hang out here doing this. And that's the mindset I try to give to those kids. If I'm out here in this heat, it doesn't matter. You only get four minutes. I got six guys. So that's four times six multiplied. And then there's conversation about what may have happened the day before. Uh, what we need to do, what you might be doing wrong, what we have to correct. All of that goes on. It's not just me on my knees flipping balls to them.
0: I think about the spirit of your ball club right now. Last year, left for dead, basically, in early August, win the World Series. This year, all about Mets, 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 and you're reeling them in, and you're right there. You guys are going to be in this thing, whether you're – win the division, or your wild card, what is it about this group of men that makes them so
1: special? They won a World Series, so they have the heart of a champion. They've been through the grind. They know what it takes. They know what it takes every single day to come out here and play and put yourself in that position. Um, Even though we didn't make a move until August, our attitude and our commitment to what we were capable of doing was always in the making. It just took, a little bit through the year for it to come together we wish it would have came together from day one but it didn't but inside that clubhouse we never gave up on what we were capable of doing and we searched the whole year to find it and once we found it everybody else had to get out the way and you keep bringing up all these
0: young guys I don't, it's like you guys have like a young guy tree in your backyard and you just keep picking these guys I mean everybody you got some of your players under 25 it's crazy
1: and the group that won the World Series We had them when they was 20 and 18. They came up in 17. We got a little better in 18. We went to the playoffs in 18, 19. We almost beat the Dodgers in 20. And then 21, we won it with the same group. They got class. Uh, They baseball rats. Uh, They they give respect to each other. They give respect to the game. Uh, They give respect to the opponent. Uh, they show up every day to be the best they could, they could be for each and every one of their teammates. And, you know, that's, that's pretty hard to get together. But we just got a group of young kids that had that mindset. I think the Atlanta Braves does a good job of identifying character.
0: Well, don't forget they got good
1: coaches. Well, they got tremendous coaches. <laughs> they do. They have tremendous coaches. Yeah. And the coaching staff that they put together here is a very veteran coaching staff that uh, always keep the thumb on them. We never let them get away with anything. No matter how small you see something, we say something. Something needs to be taken care of, we take care of it. We don't let nothing get kicked under the rug. And our kids respond to it because they know from day one we developed a relationship and they know that relationship is love. And I wear this every day.
0: Just a little love. Sometimes it's all you need, right? Yeah, that's what we do. Well, let me tell you, whenever you're on, A's fans love it. So, And you've been so good to us, how many times you've been on all the years. I remember doing an interview with you years ago when you were at the Rangers way down here. You've always been first class. And uh, from the A's fans, I want to say thank you for always coming on. And enjoy every moment. You're going to get a lot of ovations here because this building, in this building, you are loved. You will always be Part of this A's family. And I've
1: never doubted that. That's why every time I come to Oakland, I look forward to it. I've never doubted that. Um, even through hard times, they find a way to love you. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about, caring about what you're doing. And in, the, in, in return, uh, you show that care back. And um, I'm always happy to come back to Oakland. I'm always happy to talk with you guys. I'm always happy to do anything that could make a difference in anybody's life because there's a lot of people made a difference in mine. Good luck. Thank you. We're going
0: to be rooting for it. I mean, you got Walt Weiss. I mean, you got Matt Olson. I mean, there's A's all over the place <laughs> over there.
1: <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> we got
0: more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Scott? That's right.
5: It's not that hard, Scott. <laughs> Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it?
0: Well, I got to tell you, a lot of people here in the Bay Area have waited to see this guy ever since the trade. Of course, he's a St. Mary's Gale and now an Oakland Athletic coming over from the New York Yankees. Ken Waldachuk is with us here, making his debut on A's Cast Live. How are you? Not too bad. This has been a wild ride for you, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's been uh, pretty, pretty crazy these past couple months.
0: You know, I got to thank, you know, you come over from the Yankees, and all of a sudden, the land of opportunity. But it's a place you – I mean, you went to college here. You know all about the Bay Area. But now you're truly going to get a chance to pitch at the big league level. What did the trade mean
3: for you? Uh, yeah, it was um, it was pretty crazy at first, uh, <laughs> you know, getting on a plane, uh, saying bye to everyone. Um, but it was awesome. Uh, I knew some people in the organization, uh, so I knew there would be some familiar faces, and uh, I was pumped to be able to get to work.
0: And what would it mean what did it mean to you to come back to the Bay Area?
3: Uh, it's awesome. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of like really good friends I have nearby that uh, I haven't seen in, <laughs> in a couple of years. Uh, so it'll be good to reconnect with them. And yeah, and just to be back in like this environment is going to be awesome.
0: Did it help also with JP Sears coming with you?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think he, he got moved up within a week of uh, when we got sent over. Um, but it was cool just knowing someone that I came with. Uh, he was a pretty good friend over there. so. Yeah, it definitely helped.
0: When you first talked to David Force, the general manager, once the trade happened, what did he say to you and what he thought the plan would be for you?
3: Um, I mean, I actually talked to uh, Feinstein. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the plan was just, um, I think, just for me to go to the PCL and try to pitch there and learn how to how to throw there and then hopefully get a taste up here.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you had to go to Vegas when Feinstein calls you, and you got to go to Vegas. You're like, oh my! I mean, oh, I'm going to Vegas, but pitching there, we've seen just the horror stories about pitching there. But then you get the call up, and now it's for real. What was going on for you? Like, I'm now at the big league level, and I'm getting my opportunity.
3: Yeah, I mean, at first it was definitely I was definitely in a little shocked. <laughs> like I got I got told, and I, I was pumped, but I don't think it really hit me until uh, until I was on that plane. Uh, Coming, coming over here.
0: And then, how about the very first batter you face? First pitch, they're hacking against you.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. There, I just had so much adrenaline. I thought, let me just, let me just put one in the zone. <laughs> uh, and put it in the zone. It was just right down the middle, and <laughs> yeah, you just hacked and got a good swing off on it.
0: I was thinking about it, thinking like if I was you, and you're up there, right? Heart's pounding. You got all this adrenaline. This is what you've wanted your entire life, right? And it's almost like they knew – it's like they were like every fast – they were swinging every fastball. I mean, it was like, – and I could see where at first it's like, what is going on? But they came out and ambushed right away swinging. But after that, you settled down. You start throwing your change up. You start throwing your breaking ball. Talk about how once the once the emotion. – I'm sure the emotion never went away. But once you settled down – things changed for you in that start
3: yeah um, I mean I was able to pick up that that was kind of their game plan and that's why I kind of deviated the changeup, and yeah and then once I was able to get to two strikes I was able to throw some some sliders and stuff and stuff fastballs up out of the zone and uh, I think that's when I started to see some some better results that outing
0: so what was it like after you after you get done you thought about it I'm now a big league pitcher
3: yeah I mean instant reaction I was pretty upset that uh that I walked two guys and got pulled and didn't finish the inning uh, I kind of wanted to make it make it five uh, um, but at the end of the day I was like that, that was a pretty cool experience it was something definitely that I can build off of uh, and I felt like I learned a lot
0: what are your your expectations for yourself as you're now in the rotation and you're gonna get starts till the end of the year
3: yeah I mean I just I kind of just want to stay like in the zone um and just learn every outing um I mean I kind of just wanted to get to work and see how my stuff plays, see what adjustments I have to make on certain stuff, and, yeah, and just have fun.
0: Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. It's like you get up here, you want to see, like, how do – you're going tomorrow, right? I am. Like, you're going up against a team that, you know, is one of the top teams in baseball, and you're going up against a team won the World Series last year. You get a chance to see, how do I match? You've always wondered, now you get to know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for the opportunity.
0: And have you – so, now – We just talked with Eno Osiris about this. Technology up here is different than technology down in the minor leagues. Now I know the Yankees were pretty good with technology, but are you using it differently? Are you getting different views, looks, data? What is it like now that you're up here?
3: Um, Yeah, I'm still sticking to a similar approach on how I was preparing for lineups. Um, Definitely a different base here, so I'm able to go a little more in depth. Uh, and definitely with the with the level of hitters up here, I think I have to go more in depth as well uh, on certain stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm just kind of keeping the same approach and seeing if it still works.
0: And a lot of it is what? Sticking to your strengths? I mean, you got to stick with what what got yeah, you here. Yeah, m-
3: my strengths versus their weaknesses, uh, how to get ahead, how to put them away, all that.
0: All right. I know it, it may not have happened yet, but what's the big league moment? for you where you're like oh my god i'm in the big leagues
3: the big league moment um man it was probably it was probably just warming up uh before that start and having like some hecklers out there and all that and they were getting after you not crazy not crazy but just having people having all those people here early uh that was definitely like a new uh new thing Do you remember what they were saying to you? No, I don't remember at all. (laughs) But just the fact that they were out
0: there? Yeah. In our nation's capital. It was kind of cool, you know, to to be at that ballpark and and to get that very first start. We're all so happy for you. And and just so you know, ever since the trade, how jacked Ace fans are for you and J.P. Sears to be here, knowing that you two are a big part of our future. And I think the two of you together coming here to be in the rotation a long time would, would mean a lot.
3: Yeah, yeah, it'd definitely be awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for the time. We truly appreciate it. And hopefully we're going to do this for many, many years. We'll have you here on A's Cast Live. It's been fun to watch you start. Thank you. We got a special guest. Vival Machine, joins us here in the Treehouse as we're getting you ready for the athletics and the Chicago White Sox. It's happy hour. We got all the happy hour deals here at the Treehouse. Come up and see us. Uh, how are you? And thanks for coming up. Hey, thanks. Happy, well, um, thanks for having me. You know, the one thing that's been a lot of fun watching this year is you play third base. I mean, you've done a fantastic job defensively. How much? I always knew you was kind of a middle infielder. How much third have you played in your professional career?
9: Well, uh, I got drafted as a shortstop uh, at Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, so when I got drafted by the Cubs. In 2015, I was uh, mostly second and shortstop. Yeah. And towards the end, uh, before I was uh, rule five by the A's, um, I started playing first and third. So just coming here and uh, them telling me that I was going to play all over over the infield, uh, it didn't take me as a surprise. So, um, yeah, at the beginning, you have to get used to it, uh, especially at this level. But um, I've been... Getting a lot of reps and practice and games, so you, uh, you, you kind of get used to it. Well, what I love about
0: it is versatility's king. And when you bring a bunch of gloves to the yard every day, that means you're going to get at bats. And yeah, I think sure. that's the one thing. It's like if, if you only play one thing, well, you better be really darn good. A person like yourself that plays all over the diamond, you're going to get a lot of run.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I feel it's not only me. Uh, we got a couple guys like uh, Pinder and Noisy that, uh, and TK. Uh, We can play multiple decisions. Uh, It's just a matter of uh, being ready to go. Um, No matter where you play, just trying to uh, bring something to the table to help the team win. And third base, first base
0: too, but third base because you've been playing there the most, the hot corner, so different from shortstop. The amount of time that you have, how fast the ball gets in on you, uh, the responsibilities of – from playing short and second up the middle compared to playing third. Just talk about middle infield versus corner and how different it is.
9: I mean, it's uh, for me, it's based on uh, angles. And, I mean, you said it. Uh, playing third base, you got to be more ready, obviously. I uh, feel like the ball comes at you quicker. <laughs> than, a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah, than uh, second and short stuff. But, uh, like I said, as uh, so long as you have a pre-pitch setup that I've been working all year with uh, Imar, uh, you kind of get used to it like I said at the beginning and it's just a matter of uh, uh, being ready every pitch Is there a right handed
0: hitter this year that comes up and we go, oh boy this guy turns on it oh boy
9: Um. To be honest uh, well two guys Josh and Stanton uh, obviously both of those guys uh, crushed the ball to third base and I mean, it didn't cuff me a guard, but it, it got it got into my glove pretty quick. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. The the line drive, uh, thing, I believe it was the second or third game of the series. Uh, the judge hit at me. Uh, kind of <laughs> tried to catch it, and I ended up missing it. But I mean, we got we got them out at first. But yeah, uh, those two guys. Uh, I mean, we all know they're <laughs> they're big. So uh, if if they put a good swing on it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for sure.
0: You know, today is really a historic day. The changes that they have made that will be implemented next year, why it's so great to have you. I mean, we have Hispanic Heritage Night, which is great, but the fact that you've played with these changes, you've played with the pitch clock, you've played with banning of the shifts, how do you feel about it? Is it a big deal, or do you show up next year going, I've already done this?
9: Well, being in AAA, like you said, uh, most of the year, I guess stu- it was tough at first, especially uh, getting in the box uh, when 19 seconds, I believe it was, or 12, something like that. Uh, well, it caught me a guard at the beginning because uh, sometimes we, we like to take our time kind of to uh, breathe and regroup uh, to get ready for the next pitch. Uh, so we didn't have as much time as, we, as I wanted. But um, if you keep playing, you get used to it, obviously. And uh, also the bases, I heard they were kind of, they're doing it like triple-A. Yeah, like so at first it was kind of weird uh, having a big, you know, base in front of you. Uh, especially to uh, how, how are you going to hit the – or touch the bag. It was, it was kind of weird for me. But um, you get used to it. Uh, they've been doing it all year down there, so I don't think it will be a big deal. Uh, maybe the shift. The shift is something <laughs> – as a hitter, you, you might want you might want to, you know, get rid of the shift. But, I mean – Yeah, it's something that at first is going to feel weird from some players, but uh, I feel like you can get used to it pretty quick. I mean, I like my chances as a left-handed
0: hitter hitting the ball on the ground when there's two guys there versus three or four. As a left-handed hitter, especially these power guys who have just said, listen, I hit a ground ball, I'm out. Might as well try and lift everything. Now getting a base hit on the ground to the right side, you gotta love that.
9: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially like me as a hitter, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like hitting. I don't get, I don't like to get under the ball a lot. So I'm kind of like a line drive hitter. So having that is for me is going to be a plus. Uh, sometimes, like you said, you crush the ball to second base, and now all of a sudden, the second base is right there and catch it and throw you out first. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to uh, get rid of that. To be honest.
0: Well, the one thing that always got me, and luckily in my playing days we didn't have it, is everybody was taught to hit the ball back up the middle. Squared up, hit it back up the middle. Well, all of a sudden, back up the middle, what you're taught your entire life is now an out, whether it's a ground ball or a base hit. I mean, a ground ball or a line drive it used to be an automatic base hit. Now it's an automatic out. Having up the middle again, hitting it back up the middle, knowing that you got a chance for a legit base hit, Will that make you feel better?
9: Yeah, a lot better, a lot better for sure. Um, especially with all the, the analytics that you have, all the positioning. I mean, I, I mean, it happened to me yesterday. I feel like I had a good swing off seas and all of a sudden I hit it up the middle, and Elvis Andrews was right there. Yeah. I mean, something that we can't control, but having that uh, middle open again, and those uh, like the four hole or six hole, will be it'll be nice. It'll be nice. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a relief to get a couple hits. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the bigger bases thing, like, a lot of us
0: have no clue. Did it affect you more, good, bad, as a defender or as a runner?
9: Well, it will be, it'll be harder as a defender because now, um, especially up here in the big leagues, uh, you, have, uh, you have a lot of guys that are they are uh, plus runners, um, like a guy in the, like, like Julio Rodriguez. He put a ball in the, in the dirt or even Acuna. You might want to get rid of the ball quick. So as a runner, it'll be easier, obviously. I feel it's shorter now for them. But uh, as a defender, you gotta make sure you catch the first, obviously, and then make a good throw and a quick throw. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a challenge for sure.
0: I mean, up the middle, man, you got to get that tag down quick with a guy stealing, right? I mean, I, does it? Like, I have no clue. Like, I've never seen what one of these bags look like. When I walk out on the field, am
9: I gonna go? Wow, it's like a big pillow. Is it like a huge difference? Well, um, it, might, it, might sound, it might sound funny for sure, but uh, <laughs> the first time I saw a base uh, this year in AAA, I treated it as a pizza box. It was that big, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> a <laughs> I large say, pizza or a medium pizza? I would say a medium pizza box, but like, I saw that thing and I was like, oh, wow. Like what is this? So it's
0: noticeable.
9: Yeah, it is for sure. Okay. Uh, you comparing the back, the bases here and down there. Yeah, you can you can definitely notice the change.
0: Uh, big night tonight, Hispanic Heritage Night. What does it mean to you playing in this game tonight in front of these fans?
9: It means a lot. I mean, having a day like this, uh, especially all the Latins that that are grinding, especially in the minor leagues and here. Uh, I mean, to have a night like this is special to. Uh, for us because for us to show everything that be, uh, we've been through and all the good things that happened to you know to a Latin player helping here in the States an uh, organization to, you know, bring something good to the table every day to uh, make something special happen. So having having a night like this and play in front of the crowd on a Latin now is something that, you know, that's a Latin you I will never forget obviously. Uh, my first night in the big leagues uh, as the Latin night. So, uh, other than the Roberto Clemente night in 2020, I believe it was. So, yeah, it's something special for sure.
0: A lot of people don't realize when we have these players come from a different country and don't speak English, and all of a sudden you're thrown in these small towns and you're riding on buses, the grind and what you have to go through, not only to be successful as a player, but just learn how to survive in a foreign land in a different country people don't realize how tough that is and what certain players have to overcome
9: yeah it's it's a grind like you said uh especially if you have a family you got kids you don't see them you don't see them often uh that's the first that's the first thing that comes to mind uh leaving the family in in your country and uh like me i'm from puerto rico i have i have to travel the country the whole country to get here in, in oakland and Having my family in Puerto Rico, three hours, I'm three hours behind them, so it's tough. Uh, Different culture um, for some players. The language, like you said, you first get here and you don't know what's going on around you. Um, They they start talking to you, even even in baseball, and you don't know what's going on. And you don't want to mess up, you know? So it's tough. Uh, But, like I said, to have a a recognition like this is, is big, it's big because uh, we've been through a lot, no doubt.
0: Well, we appreciate you stopping by the treehouse, and you really have the best line. I'm not going to think about that now. And people say, What is this new rule like? And just be like, Just think of a medium pizza box. That's what's out there uh, first, second, and third. Yeah,
9: absolutely. It's a, it's a medium pizza box for sure. <laughs> that, you, that We have to get used to it again.
0: Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having have me. a good game thank tonight.
9: You. Amori P.
0: Gonzalez does Spanish radio for the Oakland Athletics, a Hispanic Heritage Night here uh, at the ballpark. Uh, it was so funny the other day as, you know, through the years having you on, knowing the greatness of your career, we joked how many Hall of Fames you were in. You couldn't even name them all. You can't remember.
5: Well, thank you. you, for
0: you you've now had the time yeah, to think about it.
5: Yeah, thank you for inviting me, first of all. And I agree 90% what you guys were talking about. The chances are good. Uh, I'm in the Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame, Hispanic Heritage Baseball Hall of Fame, Cuban Sports Journalist Hall of Fame, and one in Puerto Rico. I really couldn't remember the name, and I think <laughs> it's in the websites, the Puerto Rican Hall of Fame. Or something like that. So He's in a lot right. of Hall
0: of Fames. He's kind of a big deal. That's how it works. How are you?
5: I'm fine, and i um, trying to uh, cheer the people for the A's for next year maybe. This year's done.
0: So Let me ask you, do, do, does this does, – this team sound better in Spanish than it does
5: in English? Well, we get a little more passionate, more exciting. Sometimes I have to grab Manolo. He's falling out of the booth. You know, <laughs> But besides that, everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a long time. I remember the 1979 season. I remember that. I started with the Charlie Finley Ace in the mid-'70s. You were
0: here for that year? Yes,
5: I was here for 1979. I lost 108 games, so nothing uh, surprises me in baseball. They're rebuilding. That's been the story of this franchise. And hopefully four or five years from now, we could be in another World Series about my 1989. How about that? There it is. When we beat the Giants in the, during the Loma Prieta earthquake. We won the first two games, and then came the earthquake. We won the last two games. Faye Benson Benson was the interim commissioner, and he delayed the World Series for 11 days, and we won it. So I tell everybody the A's were better than the Giants before and after the quake.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, of course, we're honoring a guy. Uh, it almost was kind of unfair that, you know, you get Stu right out of the gate, and then you get Stu again after the earthquake well, in the his prime. It's, uh, that's tough sledding for the Giants. We
5: might never see another guy winning 20 games four years like Stewart did. I mean, you know, you don't see that anymore. Maybe with the chances, pitchers will get some more decisions. I'm yeah. kind of old school. I remember 1980 when George Brett and Rod Carew were hitting four hundred. Yeah. And George Brett, he ended with three ninety that year. Uh, we might never see that again, the average at 210, 220. Although with these changes, I think it's going to change uh, baseball a little bit back to, the, back to the future.
0: Well, you know, what shifts will do, and don't buy what Brian Kinney, our good friend, friend of the program, is trying to say on MLB Network today, because what they try and do is they try and bring in – they, they, you know, in television, you go, you want to use the top names in the game, right? You say, well, you know, Freddie Freeman or Paul Goldschmidt, they don't need it, and every player should be like it. Well, every player's not like them. How does it affect the average player? How does it affect Chad Pinder or Vimal Machine that's going to be here? But especially for left-handed hitters, ground balls to the right side. And let's face it, if you're a left you grow up a left handed hitter and you're gonna make it to this level, you have a great ability to pull the ball. Not everybody is Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs. Most guys drive the ball to the ballpark, they hit it either up the middle or they pull it. Well you've taken that on the ground away from them. Now you bring it back, and we could see an adjustment. In just a year, but we're probably going to see this in a three-year stretch coming up here starting next year, where you see anywhere from 20 to 30 points of batting average put on a lot of different guys. That's a lot more balls put in play, and you're going to see guys, because it's a game of math, you'll start to see guys' numbers in just
5: in general go up. Well, let me tell you, you mentioned Bimael Machin. He's from Puerto Rico. He's going to play in the winter series in the Dominican and in Puerto Rico, both countries. So he wants to get better a lot of the latin players like to play in the latin leagues and i would suggest a guy like nick allen who i think is going to be the shortstop of the future here the president he could go there to play in venezuela or puerto rico dominican republic and get his skills a little hone you know a little better so uh, that is important i remember the days when i started in the business most of the players went to The Latin leagues, the reason was they didn't make the money they make now. So they need to uh, supplement their salaries, and they play in Cuba. They play in Panama. But now you still need it. You can use the winter leagues to to get better at baseball.
0: You know who used to talk to us about that was our late great friend Ray Fossey. Ray Fossey went down and played. Yes. And it's the experience. It's a different type of baseball from – I guess you'd call it more like a college football atmosphere to yes. where it's rowdy, it's fun, it's it's energetic. The fans are going nuts. It's super competitive. You know, it's more than just, you know, people sitting around drinking a beer and a hot dog. It's a lot of fun, but you can learn from playing in that environment.
5: Yeah, it's a lot of passion and a lot of dedication, and uh, it's great. And I recommend anybody who's on vacation that likes baseball after the season ends, uh, Ace fans especially, you can go to Puerto Rico and see those games, and you're going to recognize a lot of those players who are playing here now.
0: And you're talking about great competition, too. Yes. I
5: mean, elite players. Yes, it's pretty good. It's almost like Triple A. Maybe some players are major league. A lot of players are basically Triple A caliber.
0: You know, you think about Hispanic Heritage Night here tonight, and I know you've been from Cuba. So many great now Cuban ball players, but just when you think of uh, Latin America, you think of uh, the Caribbean. You know, so many of our great players, Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, you always think about. You know, we just talked about Tony Kemp being nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award, but so many unbelievable pe- players and what they've done for the game of baseball.
5: Well, baseball right now is that 33% the major leaguers are Hispanics. You know, they're born in Latin America or they're born in this country, speak Spanish. But yeah, Clemente was a great player. When I started, I remember seeing Clemente. I was writing for a newspaper, El Mundo, from downtown Oakland at 20th Street. I used to cover both teams before I started broadcasting. And I covered Clemente. He was a very disciplined man. He used to tell us, you have to be disciplined, you have to be patient. Baseball is like a game of chess. And that's what we are talking about, that the, the average is now pretty low, the shift, everything has changed. So now we're coming back to, I think, what baseball should be. You know, It's not a game that you should be uh, controlled by the clock. This is not the NBA. It's not the NFL. It's baseball. It's a different. It's a game. It's m- more of a game than anything. Strategy It's a totally different game.
0: Yeah, once you start bringing in certain things, you start taking. It's hard to say this, but you take the game out of the game, right? Right. Like, and we mentioned this with Stephen Vogt yesterday. Is you got? We'll just use some pitchers. Some pitchers are so into their data that you're getting off like TrackMan, and that they're so into what a spin rate and they you know the way their breaking balls moving that. When you get out on the mound, the only thing that matter, do you get out?
5: Yeah, well, you know, uh, you mentioned Kenley Jensen a few minutes ago. I was here when Mike Moore pitched for the A's. It took a minute and a half between pitches. It oh. took forever. That's no good. That's no good. See, I, so I don't, I don't like a clock on the game. But you have to have some restrictions because some guys, uh, Mike Hargrove was a human rain delay. Yeah. He came to the plate, you know, adjusting his sweatbands. The umpire standing there. That's ridiculous. You know, it's a game. You have to move it. You have to play. The players from Cuba, and we learned so much,
0: Yohannes Cespedes, and how Cuban players get to come over here, and it's just its so hard to believe that we're still dealing with this in 2022. How do we change it? How does it? And I know a lot of it has to do with politics between our two countries.
5: Well, I was in Cuba. I was 15 when Fidel Castro said I am a Marxist, Leninist. I'm a communist, and people started leaving the island. My family was middle class. Cuba was very advanced in 1959. It's 90 miles from Miami, and uh, things changed. Aside from politics, you have to have Cuban teams visit this country. Like uh, it happened in 1999, I believe, with the Orioles went to Havana. You have to have that. Diplomacy by baseball, because Cuba, everybody plays baseball in Cuba. When I was a kid, everybody, if you, didn't, you were a boy and nine years old, you didn't play baseball, your dad took you to a psychiatrist. What's wrong with you? It's like soccer in Brazil. Everybody plays baseball in Cuba. So it's important to have that uh, exchange of players. So they come here. Now, any Cespedes, I remember when he started playing here, and I asked him, what's the toughest thing about the big leagues, aside from your salary and the ho- good hotels and you eat well? the pitching he said the pitching here is out of this world <laughs> he used to say that a lot of the Cuban players says the pitching you see stuff here you never saw in your life
9: <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, the thing about when you play on that Cuban national team though you do play around the world you yes. know it's like when we went to the Tokyo Dome in 2012 it was what Kurt Suzuki and Cespedes right where the two guys had played because Kurt had gone with the A's before and then Cespedes had played with the Cuban national team at the Tokyo Dome. So these Cuban players play around the world. The big question, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, how, how, how do we get it so these guys can come? Because there's talent there that people want to sign and they want to bring over here. You know, I mean, the Yesio Puig story of how he got here was just it's, – it's mind-boggling.
5: I believe he's trying to come back. He's playing in a Korean baseball organization, the KBO, I believe. He's trying to come back. There's only two two ways a Cuban player can make it. Defect when they play, playing, let's say, in Holland or some country that's neutral or escape the island. Eighty percent of them escape the island. They risk their lives, their families' lives. So it's, it's very tough. So it has to be an understanding. It's, it's, a, it's out of my – decision is a political decision yeah. between the countries it really that's what it is
0: yeah and i remember not that long ago baseball playing over there and people said that like, if you go i don't know have you been back no i have not but they say if like, you go back you like the cars are from the 50s and 60s yes and, yeah
5: i have friends who basically quite often uh, it's like a time warp there. there is 58 chevrolets and 54 Cadillacs and stuff like that. They keep it in good shape. because if you're a car enthusiast, hey. Well, that's what they have. You know, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I had an old Volvo years ago. That's about it. But, no, uh, yeah, Cuba is like, you visit Cuba, it's like you going back to the 50s. The only difference in the 50s, there was food, there was gasoline, there's, there's a lot of shortages in Cuba. It's like the old Soviet Union. It's a, it's a big mess. So when you look at to where baseball's game is today, how do you like our sport where it is
0: today? You've been covering this game a long time.
5: I don't like it. Too many changes. I'm not a big fan of this commissioner. God bless him, but I I like it the the old way it was, the hit and run, hitting behind the runner, uh, take a couple of pitches, go to right field, uh, do stuff like Freddie Freeman, you know, move around. Uh, Aren't we going to get that with no shifts now? Uh, I hope so. I yeah.
0: hope so. You have Stealing. to learn it.
5: Stealing is, by the way, st- stolen
0: up. bases are up in the minor leagues? Yes,
5: it's up. Uh, even, the, what, Chohei Otani has, what, 20 steals? Incredible. A guy can do everything, but that's that guy's a freak. He's in another world. But, yes, I think we're going to get more speed. I like these changes you were talking about today. I love them. Uh, the chip is gone. I remember David Ortiz used to tell us in Spanish, "I don't like it because I hit a lot to right field." You know, but he was retiring already. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? But a lot of the big players don't like that. They just don't like it because you play 20 years in the big leagues, you used to hit into right field. That's the way you make your living. You hit to right field. Now, Big Papi is a different story. He hit over 500 home runs. He's a slugger. But the average player has to learn how to play.
0: Yeah, the average player is not hitting 500 home runs. No. And to actually not have all four guys over on the right side is right. going to open up holes. Now we'll see, instead of the launch angle revolution that we've had, now you can hit a ball into right field on the ground yes. and get a base hit. I can't tell you how many times, God bless him, we love him, and it wasn't his fault They put him there. Marcus Simeon would be playing in short right field. He'd yeah. get a ground ball in short right field, throw it to first base, and we'd have to score it in our scorebook 6-3, and he's playing short right field. Get rid of that. A
5: couple of years ago, I was watching TV at home. I saw a play, Manny Machado. I thought he's playing right field. He was playing, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I said, he's playing. in
0: foul territory yeah. all the way down the right I, field line. I, I
5: couldn't believe yeah. it. I wish I would have taped that. I, I couldn't. That's the best example. That's crazy.
0: Well, let's end on this. A night like this, how proud are you?
5: Well, oh, I'm very proud of being born in Latin America, and uh, 33% of the players are Hispanics, you know, and the big, the largest minority, with all respect to the African-Americans in this country, are Hispanics now. This country is becoming very Hispanic, the culture, and uh, we're very similar with, from the same continent. Uh, you know, if you come from Colombia, it's the, this hemisphere, you know, it's just South America, and this is North America, this is America, U.S. and the Caribbean, so we all together. Would you rather broadcast a game that's three hours and five minutes or two hours and 35 minutes? Two hours and 35 minutes. I still have a life. I got some grandchildren. I love the game, but I like to go home too.
0: (laughs) I love the game, but I don't like it at three hours and five minutes. (laughs) No, sir. No, I agree with
5: you. Yes.
0: (laughs) All right, buddy. It's great to see you.
5: Thank you, my friend. You are the
0: best. The Hall of Famer right here. He's Liam Hendricks. He's a three-time All-Star. I'm just a guy. Liam Hendricks, I got to tell you, as an athlete, I may have some of the most respect for him of all the guys that I've covered. This guy right here has been a guy, and he's a fan favorite, and he should be, because you know what? Some guys are about, they're great players, so you love them as great players because that's in the end what you care about is you show up, you want to see entertainment, you want a guy to entertain you. But Liam, as we all know as A's fans, means far more than that, as he's got a heart of gold. And one of the reasons why he will always be a huge part of the A's family. Since you've left, Liam, we've upped our game and turned this also into a TV show that you can watch on YouTube and on Twitter. It is great to have you back. As we said... No one has been on this show as a player more than you. <laughs> You've been on more than it. You are on the Mount Rushmore. You are. Forget Mount Rushmore. You are the lead. You're the Babe Ruth of A's Cast Live. Well, I'm just
6: uh, putting in the work to maybe take your job later on. Who knows?
0: Can you imagine you coming back, you and I doing a <laughs> show together? How great would that be?
6: Oh, it'd be way too long. We'd have to cut each episode into several segments because we'd both know to shut up.
0: By the way, we miss you. How are you?
6: I've been doing all right. Been doing all right. It's uh it's been an interesting season for us over there it hasn't been uh quite as smooth as uh we had hoped coming into the season but it is what it is and uh we got one of your old old friends over there and elvis back and uh and deke so we're just trying to reunite some of the gang
0: yeah it's so interesting when you go into a season and everybody just declares you the oh you know White Sox are easily win the central White Sox are probably going to represent the American League in the World Series and everybody heaped all this praise on you guys you had injuries you had stuff you're dealing with so as you said it's not that easy to get into the postseason
6: no not even a little bit it's um and it's it's a lot easier from a clubhouse mentality point of view when you're not expected to do much because it's uh, you get that little bit of a chip on your shoulder when you've been told you're uh, you're going to be kind of the odds-on favorites and stuff like that, you get a little complacent. That's what happened to us. We expected to just roll through it kind of similar to what we did last year. But everyone forgets how many close games we had last year They could have really, really turned everything around early on in the year.
0: And the other guys get paid too, and you think about the division, where it is right now, and, and of course, a lot of games coming up. Cleveland and, and Minnesota against each other. Uh, I mean, when you look at that, I mean, your guys schedule very favorable. How much are you looking at the other guys as also what you're trying to do?
6: Yeah, uh, a little bit, but not really, because at the end of the day, if we, can, if we take care of what we can do, we play each other enough. Uh, we still got, I think, uh, a couple games against the, the Guardians. We still got a bunch of games against the Twins. And it, it's pretty much all in, our, it, all in our court. Every team has their own thing. Like, if the Guardians go ahead and win, they're going to win. If the Twins go ahead and win, they're going to win because we play each other so much down the stretch. So it's the same thing for us. If we go ahead and win, we're going to put ourselves in a pretty good spot. Uh, and that's all we can do right now. Obviously, we're out here now, but we've got two against Colorado when we go home. Then we have to fly to, Cle- to, to Cleveland to play one game that we got rained out last time and then on to somewhere else and somewhere else. But uh, at the end of the day, all you need to do is win. Take it each by, take it day by day. We just had a good couple of series against the Twins and the, uh, the Mariners. So... We're starting to play a little bit better, which is nice.
0: You're going to be very proud because we've had multiple Australians play for this team. We now have a fan base in Australia who's been calling <laughs> multiple guys, but Lucas in Australia, who's probably watching right now because it's still a little bit before afternoon on Friday there in Australia right now.
6: Uh, it's 4.13, so depending on where he's at, I um, do uh, the time change is uh, what will, will be probably seven o'clock in, in Perth AM. So he watches every show. He brought his daughter
0: out. We took care of him. He oh, used yeah? my seats. Oh, oh, yeah, they nice. and we've been getting calls, and it's because of you guys, the influence of A's players who are Australian who have been playing for us, we now have this. We didn't know. They start calling the post-game show because <laughs> it's the day before. They watch the games because it just works out timing-wise.
6: What does that mean to you? It's great. Obviously, our big thing is uh, anybody who comes over here, they need to have the mindset they want to grow the game in Australia, and that's something that kind of uh, it started with the, the loud personalities, and you put it like from here with uh, with a guy like Grant Balfour or someone like that who has that loud personality who people can uh, kind of recognize and realize that oh, he's definitely australian and then it moves from there but i mean with the day and age of streaming and all this sort of stuff it's becoming a lot more accessible to get baseball back home and that's uh that's a huge thing but obviously anytime we get a chance to do something that's cool in the game whether it be represent something or uh sometimes it's just a little bit of speaking out about certain things but um yeah, it's, uh, any chance we get, we got to reflect home and, and realize that uh, we're trying to gra- grow the game so that we get more kids over here. And the more kids that come here, the bigger the, uh, the footprint is in Australia.
0: I think about your connection with this fan base and you coming back here. There's something that this fan base saw in you, respected so much, and then everything that you and your wife do for causes that you too really connected with the fan base. What does it mean for you to come
6: back? Oh, I love coming back. Obviously, uh, we've still got a bunch of guys on this team that I've played with. Uh, obviously, a guy like Tony Camp who was today announces the Roberto Clemente nominee for the A's, which is a huge honor. But um, yeah, it's it's great coming back, seeing some of the guys, but also seeing the friendly faces in the crowd or in the just the people who work at the stadium. It's 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 always refreshing coming here because this is a place where I not only came over struggled, did all right, struggled, did all right, and then had that final breakout at the uh, in, in 2018 and was able to kind of recapture my love for this game. It's uh, This place means a lot to me.
0: Well, I, you know, just talking about your time here with the A's, I think it's more than just, you know, we have a lot of young baseball players who listen and, and, and watch this show. You're an inspiration to them, but I think you're just an inspiration to everybody. And when I say that, it's from the standpoint of how you got back and how you became the guy, it's because you believed in yourself and you finally just said, you know what, I'm going to do it my way, and if I'm going out, I'm going out my way. We now, in everybody's way of life and everybody's workplace, everybody's trying to tell you what to do and how to do it. And sometimes you got to go with your own gut, and if you're going to go out swinging, do it your way. You went back to Triple A after being DFA'd. The, we've talked about it long toss and everything but the number one thing is you said you know what I'm gonna do or die with the way Liam Hendricks wants to do it and you bet on yourself and it worked out just talk about that how really it's an inspiration for just not professional athletes but for people in life
6: yeah at the end of the day you don't want to leave anything on the table and I was completely content in the fact of hey if I'm gonna if I'm if if I'm done at the end of this year in 2018 I want to make sure that I go out on my terms and if I'm gonna do it this way I want to leave no stone unturned. I'm not going to fit into someone else's mold because at the end of the day, talking to enough guys, I think speaking to enough guys, I think they all realize that I don't really have a mold anymore. I'm just unequivocally me. And I think really embracing that kind of mindset helped more than anything was just getting out there and like, look, I'm not like that guy. I'm not like this guy. I'm not like that guy. I'm going to be exclusively who I am. And you embrace that, and all of a sudden it just frees you. You've got to weight lift it off your shoulders because you're not trying to fit into what exactly they say and do it the right way that they think it's okay well this is what works for me and that was a lot of long toss uh not working out at all and uh pretty much just doubling down on my coffee intake which is already extreme to begin with but um yeah it uh <laughs> 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 like i got on the bus today and i had three ventis with me and i just nice. finished my other one before that so it's good for it good for your gut yeah i mean it, it's water watering coffee so i'm staying hydrated yeah
0: no hey i've, I've learned as i've been drinking a lot more coffee i have like i was worried about it and i researched it. that's actually not that bad for you but you know the, the difference now for you is here you were becoming the guy, then you were the guy. Now you signed the big deal. What is that like now where the expectation – you're the hired gun coming in now. People see the dollar signs, the expectations. How's that changed from Oakland to where that wasn't the case?
6: That really hasn't changed me at all. It's changed people's perspective of me, but it hasn't changed me because I don't do this to make sure I live up to a paycheck. I don't do this – because of the financial thing, I do this because I love this game, and my pride is too big to let. Regardless of a paycheck, regardless of anything like that, I'm going to go out there and do everything I can to win that game, and that's who I am. No matter what, you could pay me a cent on every game, you could put, you could not pay me at all. I could pay you to do the same thing, and all I want to do is go out there and win. It doesn't matter the uh, the financial side of it, which is don't get me wrong, it's uh, exuberant and it's fantastic, and I'm being very, I'm very lucky to be in a position that I am and being able to kind of do what we. Uh, what we can my wife and I to give back to the community that we're in but um, yeah it wouldn't the the money doesn't change anything that I do on the field it's uh, it's all about making sure that I put my best foot forward making sure I got there and take control of what I can
0: you know I was like talking to your wife she's legit and and the fact that she held you accountable and didn't allow you to ever get in that bad mindset and there was a time here where we're not going to mention names, where certain relievers were making excuses and watching so much video. I, she wouldn't allow you to be that guy.
6: No, I watch a lot of video, but I don't do it from a mindset of trying to fix myself. I do it from a mindset of looking at what I've done against people in the past, and then I use a taste-me session, so I just look at a bunch of strikeouts. It makes you feel way better. But um, <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. Like, don't, yeah, she'll never let me get into a position where I'm – making excuses for anything that I do. like, And that's something that we both do in the same regard. It's OK, no, like, yeah, there may have been extenuating circumstances, but you didn't get the job done. That's on you, not anybody else. And that's the same way we take everything, regardless of how a play works out, regardless of anything like that. All it takes is me just to make a better pitch, and that's it.
0: You know, you, you guys are about causes. And, and I remember, you know, your manager now, I don't, is Tony here?
6: Uh, I haven't seen him yet. Uh, I'm hoping he is. Obviously, uh, Oakland with the ties with him and uh, and the, the whole uh, Dave Stewart thing yeah. going on, It's uh, we're hoping to get him back. I know he's in good spirits. He's been texting us and all that sort of stuff, so it's all going well, but uh, I'm not sure if he's here yet or not.
0: So you guys teamed up when he was not a manager and you were pitching here with ARF. Uh, just talk about where you are now with the causes that you and your wife are in. I don't know how much has changed you have new ones in chicago what's been going on with you guys off the field
6: yeah we got a lot going on um obviously like i do with uh players for Pitts, which is a people rescue out of chicago but we've been on the board of them since 2014 so this is a team before i was even in chicago we had this uh worked out with old with uh with stephanie out there and um since we've been in chicago we wanted to really make sure because after the covid pandemic oh with the COVID pandemic going on and everything like that, we wanted to make sure we took care of first responders and locally owned restaurants and minority owned restaurants. So we've been going around and I think we've done about 20, 20 plus, um, kind of, uh, uh, outings, I guess you could say this year, uh, where we've gone in and just provided meals or just, and if we have an off day, getting a chance to go say hello, walking into, we walked into a 911 call center. We went out to a, uh, holistic, um, equestrian, uh, uh, charity, like a facility last year where it like they, it's like they—it's kids with uh, disabilities that they get on the horses because it's uh, horseback riding is one of the only things that really recreates the walking process without putting the, the damage on your joints. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot going on with uh, making sure we take care of first responders. Uh, we've done some stuff with Tony with some of his military initiatives. We've uh, spoken out and we've done work with Howard Brown which is a predominantly LGBTQ youth, uh, LGBTQ hospital. Um, and, yeah, between that with the animal rescue and making sure we, uh, we do everything, it's, uh, it's something that both my wife and I have really taken uh, taken a hold of. We created a, uh, it's a foundation called the South Slider Society. So, we, um, yeah, we go around and do whatever we can, and we have a bunch of initiatives going on at all times.
0: That's amazing. It, it really is amazing. And let's just end on this. When, when was it in your career that you said, I have this platform, I can use this platform for good because it's not about you. It's truly you guys care about helping people. How did this start and why?
6: Yeah, so being with so many organizations, you see what certain organizations did, and some organizations would be like hospital visits and all this sort of stuff. So it's you just—they'll put a flyer on the on your chair, and anyone who volunteers will go. And we did that a couple of times back with the twins and the Jays, and the and when I came out here, and it was uh, one of the things where we really. Once we were here, we kind of got a little bit more established, and uh, my wife and uh, the uh, I think it was mainly Deidre and, and Melissa the, from the A's really helped us out with making sure we took care of what we could do and, and raising ideas and throwing bouncing ideas off each other with either hospital visits or what can we do within the community? What can we, whether it be a food drive, whether it be this, whether it be that, what can we do to kind of get into the community and show them that the A's are out here and we're doing what we can? And that's uh, it really embraced probably. I would want to say about 2017, 2017 was probably our big year where we started doing a lot more. And then 2018 was a bit of a weird year because I was up and down and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, we really embrace it now with being uh, in, a, in a place where you know you're going to be and stuff like that. We, uh, we just took it to the next level in Chicago.
0: We miss you. <laughs> we do. You were great to us. I can't say it enough. You're one of our all-time favorites. And all the time you gave us and to come out here in the heat uh, and I know A's fans app- will always appreciate you just not as a player but as a man and what you did for a lot of people and what you stand for it means a lot
6: thank you I really appreciate it it's obviously um, we get into this game we love this game but it's uh, it's not who define this game isn't what it defines us and what defines us is what we're able to do whether it be on the field or off the field as a person and that's something that it took me a while to gain that kind of perspective but since i have it's uh, it's made things a lot easier because at the end of the day look it's a game we're going out there we're trying our best but at the end of the day it's a game and i want to make sure that i'm known as a good human being over a good player hands down hopefully i can do both but i want to leave this game better than when i found it and that's the that's the thing what we're doing with the off the field stuff and then you got tony with the uh, the plus one effect and he's doing a fantastic job with with everything he can do in the community as well and uh, any chance we get to raise the awareness of people's personalities and what they're able to kind of contribute to society is something big.
0: We'll always be rooting for you.
6: Appreciate it.
0: And the great Stephen Vogt is with us. It's always like one of our old friends has been here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few of us former A's.
7: That are, I guess I'm a current A now, but. Yeah, you're back. The, I'm back. But uh, there's a lot of former A's rolling around the big leagues. And uh, it's kind of just the way it's always been. It's nice. It's nice to see familiar faces every series here at the Coliseum. It's always fun to catch up with old teammates
0: well as you are a current a right now and swinging it lately it's been a lot of fun to watch we're already thinking about you in the future you may not know this but that when you're in the A's family A's cast we're taking care of the family that's our job we're always building the brand and helping the brand so while you were away in our nation's capital we're already starting to help build a staff for you when you become a manager you may not know that your former teammate, do we have it ready, um, Sean Doolittle? We have ready for you to be your your pitching coach in the future. Here's do. Shoot, man, if if vote if vote is going to manage, I will
7: drop whatever I'm doing if he ever wants a pitching coach or a bullpen coach or um, you know some kind of uh,
0: assistant. Um, I would do whatever uh, he he asked if if uh, if he was calling. So. I know you're busy getting ready for all these other teams. I'm out here on A's Cast Live helping build your next staff. Yeah, well,
7: I, I appreciate that. I mean, obviously, uh, I'd love to work with Sean again. Um, what a, You know, it was great seeing him in D.C. And obviously, you hear comments like that from former teammates. That means the world. That means everything, right? That means, um, but what a great person he is. What a great, you know, he's such a great pitcher. with a, He's got a position player background, just a wealth of knowledge yeah. that he's got. But uh, whether it be pitching coach, uh, bullpen coach, who maybe even hitting coach. I I remember hearing how good a hitter he was before all of his injury problems. So, uh, I, it, obviously, I've I've played with so many tremendous people and players in this organization and around baseball. But Sean Doolin and I were seatmates on the plane for probably three and a half seasons in the with the A's, and so we got very close. And uh, one of my one of my good good friends in the game.
0: Yeah, we always joke with him like, you know, when I had a show on a different radio station, I I was I was like, man. I always talked about you as the future first baseman. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you showed up like a Disney story out of nowhere. He's pitching, and in less than no time you're in the All-Star game, it, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. But, you know, I want to talk about you as, you know, everybody's going to remember you as All-Star catcher. I just – I mean, now we're talking about you as the as almost like a gold glove first baseman <laughs> out there. What's going on at 1B? <laughs>
7: Yeah, I mean, hopefully I don't get over there too often and get super exposed, but um, no, it's been fun. It's been um, one of those things that, you know, obviously I love catching, and that's always been my first love positionally, but with Shea up here now, I got to find my way into the lineup, and it's actually presented a few more at-bats for me than I than I thought I would get, and uh, you know, I put in good work over there every day with Eric Martins and uh, Mike Aldretti helping me with some first base work and footwork, and you know, I played there quite a bit in 14 with the, with the foot injury for yeah. the wild card run, and I played there a little bit in 15 as well. So I'm. it's not completely foreign. It's just been quite a few years since I've been over there consistently. But it's fun getting over there and getting an opportunity to make some
0: plays. Well, that's what we talk about with catchers. If you're going to put a catcher at third base or first base, I mean, your whole life you've been taking balls off your chest. I mean, you just got to keep the ball in front of you and get the guy at first base. And you can do that. whether That's obviously a third. but first base, keep it in front of you ditch it to the pitcher. I mean, keep it in front hey, of you.
7: Hey, absolutely. You, you know, we go through – As baseball players, and especially in the infield, you have to go through every scenario before every pitch. So if it's hit to my left, this is what I'm going to do. Hit to my right, this is what I'm going to do. If it's a slow roller, you kind of go through all those processes before every single pitch. And one of the ones that I do for me is like, all right, there's a runner on second with two outs. If it's a hard hit ball right at you, just drop down to both knees and block it like (laughs) a catcher. Like, let's go. Uh, You know, I I have these visions of, like, wearing it off the chest and and keeping it in front. But that's your job, and that's why – The beauty of you're right as a catcher you just go out there and say hey knock the ball down pick it up and get it to the get it to the right spot
0: you know i think about as a catcher and trying to work with these young pitchers i think all of the technology that's around them and teaching them we see more cameras than ever before and they've got a lot of stuff that's going on and what front offices would like them to work on and everything and that's great i i I equate it to golf it's great that you can look at all these numbers on your in the driving range and how far you hit it and your spin rate and how you get the. But at some point, you got to go out and play the course. And now the course has trees and sand and water. You got to chip and putt. You got to do a lot of things other than hit it hard. For me, when I when I look at baseball, it's great everything you do down there. But somehow, you got to get outs over here. What is that like? As an older catcher working with these younger guys, so much technology thrown at them. And it's like. Technology's great, but we've got to get outs out here on the field. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's Pitching is so far ahead of hitting
7: right now because you have the ball in your possession and there's the tools, there's the track man, the high-speed cameras where they can see their most effective breaking ball and they can slow it down on the camera to see exactly how their release point was, where it was, and they can go try to repeat that pitch. Um, and, and that's our job as catchers, right? We got and, and Emo, the pitching coach as well, is – how do we get what we learn from the data and what we work on on the side? How do we go out and execute? <clears throat> Excuse me. Because you're right. At the end of the day, that data is not going to help you when you're 60 feet inches away from the best hitters in the world, or 60 feet, 6 inches. So for me, it's, hey, I don't know what you're trying to do or what, but this is what that one looked like. That's the one you want to throw. That's the one right there. And go compete. I think that's been the number one thing I've really tried to help these pitchers with, and and Murph does a great job of it too, and Shea um, is – We have got to compete on the mound. Go after people. You know, I think that's one of the biggest problems with our game right now is we do not throw enough strikes. We are getting constantly into 2-0 and 3-1 counts. And guess what? When you have to throw a pitch over the heart of the plate in a 2-0 and 3-1 count, Major League hitters are going to do damage on that. So, to me, it's about that execution and attacking the strike zone. Pitchers have such nasty stuff. They're throwing so hard now. You can get people out in the zone more now than you ever could in baseball. But the problem is, is that we're not executing enough strikes on the mound as, as a whole, as an industry as a whole, and that's where we're getting into the trouble. That's why the home runs have been up. That's why doubles are up. But that's also why punch outs are up because we they're throwing nastier stuff. So if we want to, if pitchers want to go longer into games, if they want to stick around, they got to throw fewer pitches, which means you have to attack the strike zone and get weak contact. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of trend in the other direction, back towards that. But you're right have all the technology in the world, have, know what your spin does, know what this, know what you want to do. But at the end of the day, if you can't do that at 7
0: o'clock, you're uh-huh. going to be in trouble. Yeah. 4.30 doesn't matter no. at 7 o'clock. No. I want you to put your manager's hat on. You've got two young catchers. One guy is entering his prime. The young guy is about to enter his prime. It's my belief I never want young guys DHing. I want young guys to be in the game. I want them playing defense. We've had Shea on the program. I've said, "Hey, at Baylor, whatever, can you play other positions?" He said, "Yes." What would you do with this dynamic next year when they potentially could be the two best offensive players we have? I need them both to play and not DHing all the time.
7: Well, I, I, I'm glad it's not going to be my job to make that decision. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's I, a tough one, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't been around enough long enough to know where the development goes or, or what it is. I know DHing is hard. Uh, I speak from I, I know that because I've done it, uh, especially when you're a catcher when you're used to being locked every single pitch. But at the end of the day, having two of the best catchers in baseball is going to be a great problem for the Oakland A's to have next year. Uh, you know, obviously Sean Murphy is one of the best catchers offensively and defensively in our game, and Shay's Shay's right there behind him. He's come, he's an up and comer. He's going to be a great player, and so I love watching him develop and doing what he's doing. And yeah, it's hard right now, but what's really important and the focus for him right now is focus on your abs the days it's time for you to focus on your abs yes is it easy no no one's expecting it to be easy but really dive into your offense because that's one side of the game that you're not going to have as much time to work on when you're catching every day one later in one one time later in your career when you're catching every day you don't have the time to put into your offense like he does right now you can't take that many swings because you got to be ready to catch every single day and you're the wear and tear over the course of a full season you have to back off so right now it's putting that focus on there and like you said, with have both those guys. If you could, if you could slate one at DH and one at catcher every day, for you're gonna you're gonna like that middle of the order moving forward.
0: Uh, we appreciate the time. We know it's hot. So just one more. I, I I think about this latest road trip, your wife, your family, how special that is. I think of the Braves just being in town, and the World Series ring, and everything that's happening here. What has the last couple of weeks been like for you mm-hmm. with family and just what you did with the Braves? Just what is that, what, What's it been like? Yeah, it's been amazing. We had a great summer as a vote family, and
7: uh, my wife Alyssa is so great. She's willing to travel with three kiddos all, all over the place. And so uh, we've always made a priority to be together as a family, and thankfully we've been, been able to do that. Um, and to have the kids now be older, you know, Peyton's 10, Clark's 7, and Bennett's 5, they're going to remember this. Yeah. And they're going to remember Dad as an A. And that was one of the really important things for us to going into this year. You know, I had some other offers, but none of them felt right. And when, when David called and said that there was interest right away, we both knew this is where we wanted to be. We wanted our kids to come back to Oakland and experience it. And now they're going to have memories of dad playing in the Coliseum. And, you know, they were they were so young when I was here before. And, you know, Bennett was just a, a brand new baby when I left. But um, to have them experience that, and we had a great summer, and to end on that road trip, and, uh, you know, to, to win that last game in Baltimore with them there and to hit the double and just to have them. They're, they're such big A's fans. You know, my kids, they know everybody. When the, when we win, the boys come in the clubhouse and, yeah. you know, they go around telling everybody good game and giving them nucks. And it's our, this is our, what our family does. Our family our family is a baseball family. It's what we do. We travel. Um, and they, they've they just been a tremendous support. And so to have them uh, taking off for school on Sunday, you know, I miss them like crazy. It gets harder every year as your kids get older. To say goodbye and to go separate ways. And, you know, Alyssa and I, I, remember about 12 years ago in the minor leagues, we were getting ready to start our family. And we were like, we were praying and we said, you know, it'd be awesome if one day we had to make tough decisions on what to do with the kids in school. And here we are. And so we kind of, whenever it gets tough, we kind of talk and we say, hey, this is what we asked for. We asked for the tough decisions because that means we're still doing it. And um, so I'm really proud of that. And so to have them leave was a tough day, but then to come in and to see the Braves and, uh, you know, I was only there for three months, but when you win a World Series like that, you have a bond that's so strong. It's family, and those are some of the my favorite people that I've ever worked with. And as soon as we see each other, we light up because the memories come right back. Right? It's uh, you know, they've been living it and they've been celebrating all year. But for me, it's like I see those guys and automatically I'm right back there in October. You know, going through scouting reports, going through meetings. Uh, high five and, you know, just all the all the emotions of the playoff run and um, just brought so much joy and such a smile to my face to be with those guys and to see them. And uh, it, was, it was great. To, it was great to see all those all those guys. The clubbies were there, the trainers, because it's a family. And so, um, so it's been such a great couple of weeks for me. And uh, I'm really looking forward to these last three, four weeks of the season and finish this season out strong and, and really. Just continue to do what I've been doing and and helping these young guys develop into Major League Baseball players.
0: Well, whether it's this season, you know, a lot of guys play around Major League Baseball throughout the years, but not so many guys are etched in the fabric and the history of an organization. You really have become – you've had your own chant. (laughs) You've won a playoff game. You think about the playoff games. You think about your time with the A's. I mean you really are a big part of this organization it is true and i know you're not going to leave it you're going to be around it but at some point you're going to be able to sit back and be like wow what what a major part you are of a organization that's been around for well over 100 years i, I mean i thank you for that it means the world
7: i, I you know i um this place is always going to be home, whether i'm wearing this uniform or a different one just like i have the last five years right when i was gone and no matter what uniform I ever put on, the Oakland A's is always going to be my home. I'm always going to be an Oakland A at heart. I'm always going to have a special place whenever I come to the Coliseum. And uh, the fans here have been nothing but great to my family and myself. And I couldn't be more proud to be an Oakland A and to have gotten to experience playoff wins in this building. I, I know what it sounds like with 55,000 A's fans, and um, which could bring up a whole other long topic of how many more Coliseum games we're going to have. But... There's something special about this building, and it's something that I'll cherish, and now my kids get to remember it, and I'm super proud of that, and I couldn't be more proud to be in Oakland A, and no matter what happens in the future, no matter what uh, the next few weeks or years hold, uh, I will always be green and gold, and I I will
0: always, every time I come back here, I can't wait to see everybody. You've always been great to us. Appreciate it. The great Stephen Vogt right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a
2: presentation of the Oakland Athletics.